What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Honest and Educated. We've got another installment here for you. On the show, we talk about anything from like movies, movie news, video games, comic books, just all sorts of fun stuff like that. Uh, we got a lot of a lot of interesting, a lot of DC news came out this week. We got a lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff to cover here. But uh, joining me today to cover these things is uh, none other than Rick Metz himself. How are you doing today, Rick? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. That uh, finally got the. I don't know if anybody noticed, but we finally got the, the PS5 set up. Uh, and streaming some of that. It's uh, pretty cool. Streaming some Dark Souls looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. We also got uh, John Knight here. How are you doing today, John? I'm good, man. You guys doing well? Yeah, we're doing good, man. We're doing, uh, like I said, we finally had some technical difficulties on the stream. If anybody <laughs> comped that on Friday, it <laughs> was like one hour of like fun. I did like a, I didn't get them out and wow, like, a, like normal. And then, uh, you know, we did the PS5 unboxing and all that was fun. And that was like the first hour. And then the second hour was about just uh, a bunch of IT troubleshooting problems because it just wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't work. And uh, and I kind of said in the little stream test we did uh, earlier on uh, Saturday that uh, anybody who goes to have that issue, HDCP is turned on by default on the PS5. And if you have that, you have to go in and turn that off. Otherwise, your uh, stream, your capture cards will not, they won't work. So save you an hour worth of trouble if you're trying to do that. You know, it was like, <laughs> and of course, like most things, we spent like an hour trying to get everything working. Ended up calling the stream just because I didn't feel like, you know, wasting everybody's time, essentially. <laughs> and uh, it was like five minutes after I ended the stream, and I figured everything out, and it was working fine. So, just like most things, you know what I mean? Sure. So, but it is what it is. Let's get into these uh, these main topics here. And uh, first, guys, don't forget, for one, you can submit topics and, you know, questions to us uh, just by emailing at honestanduneducated at gmail.com. That's honestanduneducated at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel and keep you up to date with you know, anything coming out. And then also, I will be uploading, or I, I not will be, but I upload every uh, episode of the show in podcast form. So if you don't have time to watch it on YouTube, you can pull it up on you know, Spotify, Apple uh, Podcast. Whatever, whatever you use, it's all there. Audio only edition, so go check that out. But uh, let's get into this. Uh, our first main topic here today, uh, kind of speaking back to we we talked about this. I think it was last week that uh, Wonder Woman, uh, nineteen eighty four, well, essentially they were discussing whether or not it was going to be coming out in theaters or if it was going to go on HBO Max. There were some uh, rumors that WB had been discussing just putting it right on HBO Max or perhaps doing a limited run in theaters for like maybe only like a week or two and then putting it on HBO Max. But news came out. Patty Jenkins herself has confirmed that it's not only coming to HBO Max, it's going to come to, it's going to come to both. It's going to do in theaters and make HBO Max on the same day. So it's keeping the uh, December 25th release date, but it's also going to be on in theaters and on HBO Max, which is interesting because normally, like, uh, you know, these are, what what does everybody say anymore with the times we're in right now? Uh, was it like troubling times? Trying times. Trying times or <laughs> unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented times. That's yeah. the one that always Inter gets around. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, same, you could say the same for this because obviously with, uh, you know, the movie theaters have been hit pretty hard during the pandemic. Many of them never even... Some of them have never been open throughout this whole time period. Some of them open for a little bit. Some of them don't. 
regardless of how much they've been open, they haven't had any movies to actually really play in them. The only like new movie release we had all year was Tenet, and uh, it did not do very well at the box office. I think we we pulled the numbers up last week or something. I think it was worldwide. It only made around three four hundred million dollars, which is, I mean, that movie came out any other. Any other year, it would have been eight hundred million to probably a billion dollars, like Christopher Nolan movies normally make. But uh, again, these are unprecedented times, and uh, you know, normally, the it looks like the theatrical window is just being kind of thrown away at this point in time, and theaters unfortunately don't really have much they can do about it. I mean, at this point, they're in a place where they're kind of taking anything they can get, whether it's going to be. A whole, you know, a whole normal, you know, three month theatrical run or or not? Because I I believe too, um, Cinemark has recently made a deal to shorten the theatrical window um, even further. Just like AMC and Universal had made a deal a while back that allowed them to kind of pick and choose what movies would be, uh, just how long they'd be in the theaters and everything like that. But Cinemark and Regal have come in and they they essentially almost every theater at this point have had to make some sacrifices and they've been making deals with the studios to uh, shorten this theatrical window. So we're getting to a time here that uh, soon enough, we might honestly see a lot more of this uh, same, you know, same day release end up happening because theaters might not uh, even really have a choice of the matter because depending on how long it takes for the theaters to kind of recover from all this, people, you know, to bounce back and go into the movie theaters, they're just going to be, you know, needing content. And if the only way they can do that, uh, and the only way that, like the theaters or the studios rather can even make any financial success themselves would be if they're going to, you know, if they're going to primarily being successful on their streaming service and they, they kind of have to be able to put it on their streaming service. Yeah. But then the theaters obviously aren't going to be successful with them going on the theater service, but it's like a lose-lose and a win-win. It's like really it's the only thing they got. But what what do you guys think? I could probably drone this. I could probably drone on about this forever. But uh, what do you guys think about the this having? Uh, Eric, Rick, we'll take it to you first. What do you uh, what do you think about the Wonder Woman eighty four going to HBO Max and the theaters on the same day here? Um, well, I mean, I figured it'd probably be something like that. But you know, I like the idea of being able to watch these sorts of movies from from home. You know, if you so choose to do so, but uh, you know, sitting on your couch, having a drink, whatever you're doing, going to theaters is good. But in these trying times, as we discussed, unprecedented, uh, un unprecedented times, um, I just think it's nice to have the option either way. Yeah, I mean, I think for right now, the times we're in right now. I mean, it's like, what what are the choice you have, you yeah. know, like, especially because even if you can go to the theaters, there's a lot of people kind of like myself where even though the theaters are doing everything, you know, they possibly can to keep, you know, everything safe, social distancing, whatever. It's still a matter of like a personal choice, whether or not they want to even put themselves at risk. You know, if you want to put yourself yeah. at risk to, you know, potentially be exposed and especially with the numbers and cases, like pretty much worse now than they were ever in the United States. Oh, they get worse every day. Yeah. So it's kind of, <laughs> And I so I think with this, the only thing that is probably like with Wonder Wonder Woman eighty four going to HBO Max, the only kind of downside with it is uh, HBO Max is only available right now in U.S. territories. So the only choice for you know international markets is to go to the theaters because they they can't True. they can't watch on HBO Max. Well, it's either that you either go to the theater or they pirate it. One of the two. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what do you think, John? Because I know you're uh you're definitely a 
a theater goer you 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 like the movie theater experience you know so what what do you think about this uh what it means going forward yeah that's almost an understatement i uh i i'm i'm really torn i mean there's there's you know the comic book nerd in, in me that is ecstatic that it's coming out soon and i and you know i'm gonna get to see it because i've been waiting for this move since basically the the end credits rolled on the last one um but i also was really waiting to see it on the big screen. And, um, you know, I, I was wrong. I thought for sure, I thought there's no way there. D, Warner Brothers is going to, DC and Warner Brothers are going to follow the precedent that was set by Marvel when they moved in Disney, when they moved all of their big releases, Black Widow, um, Eternals, when they moved everything back a year and just kind of called it a wash on 2020. I thought there's no way WB doesn't do the same thing. They're just going to, called a wash, especially after they released Tenet and didn't get quite the numbers that supposedly that they were hoping for. Um, and, and they didn't. They they stuck to their guns and they've stuck to this December 25th uh, release for it. And surprise, surprise, they're also going to release it streaming. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out in my head financially how this works for them. Uh, we had talked a few weeks back on one of the streams about the numbers for WB and HBO Max, and uh, it, it seems like their numbers were about half of what Disney. I think we said they were what, about 30, 30 million subscribers, and Disney I think is somewhere in the sixty to seventy million, and, and they're both trailing behind um, Netflix, which is you know pushing the two hundred million mark at this point. Um, so maybe this is maybe this is a preemptive strike to try and close that gap with Disney, let alone Netflix on, on um, WB's part. It, you know, it, it, it definitely bucks the model that Disney tried with the uh, Mulan release with, with charging a premium. I mean, this, this is, this is quite possibly Warner brothers biggest movie release of this year. And they're putting it at no additional cost onto their streaming service. Um, I would think at least for that month, it will drive quite a few subscribers. I mean, I can't see a family that would have spent, you know, 50 bucks, 60 bucks to go see it in a theater balk at paying $15 for the month long subscription to HBO max to get to see Wonder Woman at home. Yeah. And having all that um, other stuff with that too. Yeah. And sure. that's, that's their, that's their hope. Cause I think the biggest thing here uh, moving forward too, because there's been a lot of talk too about the, uh, how recently, and uh, we should be knowing more about where they're going, but Disney's uh, overall shift into prioritizing uh, the streaming service over more than becoming a direct-to-consumer thing. They had an announcement about that like a month or so ago, saying that that's essentially going to be their primary focus is putting everything on Disney+. And, uh, yeah, like like you were saying, they've already managed to get, I think it was like 73 million subscribers in the first year, and they've had yeah. no premium original content other than Mandalorian and Hamilton. So in an entire yeah. year of just releasing, you know, two things essentially that are premium premium content wise, they've had other original stuff like on there, but nothing that's going to make you, at least in my opinion, nothing that would make most people go out and get a subscription, you know, yeah. whereas like something like Wonder Woman, that's enough for people, definitely, if they're not an HBO Max subscriber. I would think people would sign up, like you said, just 15 bucks, just as much as one movie ticket, really, in a lot of places, depending on you know where you go. Easy yeah. win, and then hopefully, you know, 
they see how great HBO Max is. Because speaking of which, I was just telling you earlier before the stream, they finally, HBO Max finally made a deal with uh, Amazon to be on the Amazon Fire Six and Amazon streaming devices. So yep. I finally had the privilege of being able to, you know, easily access it because before I had to pretty much jump through a bunch of hoops just to get HBO Max on there. I jumped through a bunch of hoops. I just had to turn my PS4 on. But either way, it was a pain in the ass to be sitting there with, you know, you can, I can do whatever I want on my Fire Stick, jump to Netflix, yeah. whatever. But then I have to switch inputs on my TV and the whole first world <laughs> problems, right? Yeah. But because it was finally on so there, it's, it's, it was great. It's the convenience factor. I mean, you know, yeah. people have come to expect these things to be ubiquitous and, and work on all their different platforms. And when they don't, it, it it makes people pause. It makes it, it just adds that extra speed bump that can be annoying. Well, interestingly enough too, I read something um, earlier, but one of the, one of the reasons it took Amazon and Warner so long, quote unquote, to become available for HBO Max to become available on like, a, I'm not sure if it's on Roku, but I know at least for like Amazon, this, uh, this article I was reading was uh, they like, I guess one of the terms HBO wanted to happen was that they, got rid of all of the other uh, HBO apps like on their platform. So they wanted everything to be consolidated to HBO Max only. And that's what was that's what the biggest holdup was, I guess. And I think deeper than that, I think what it probably really was was that uh, you can buy HBO as an add-on service for Amazon. And I bet yeah. that's what they wanted gone. Like I bet yeah. like, that that would be my guess because the article is kind of coy about like what that really even meant. Like, it sounded like they just wanted HBO Now and, like, and all this stuff. But that's kind of irrelevant. They're all the same place. I think, in the end, what HBO really wanted was Amazon not to have the HBO add-on service. Because that essentially goes, like, pretty much straight to them. It's not fast. Yeah, they, yeah. They're obviously getting a bigger cutoff for that. So, I don't know. Uh, I just think, they though... Wanted, do what? They wanted to cut off some of that revenue sharing that yeah. was happening there. That's my guess with it. Yeah. Because uh, I think, too... Just uh, based on the what I was saying about the Disney Plus thing too, we're going to find out more about that direction that they're moving in. But I don't think this is going to be an uncommon thing going forward. Like I think, like these streaming services is pretty much going to be like the way of the future. Because if you look at like Disney Plus, I mean, it, it's hard to deny how much of a money maker, uh, like the streaming services for these companies, especially when it's like. Disney has their own thing, so they're getting all all the revenue goes straight to them, right? And Disney Plus, at least for them, they don't have to like if you look at Netflix, they license the majority of their content. So like that's one of the reasons Netflix is, you know, what is it like twenty some billion in debt every year, you know, going yeah. forward because they're trying to pump as much original content out, like. Not right now, which is totally fine for them because they have like they're still making pardon me if that came through my verbs a little bit. <laughs> um they're they're making buku money. So them being twenty billion dollars in debt doesn't really matter because they have like forget I forget the number, it's like two hundred million subscriptions or it's something. Close, it's an yeah. insane amount of money. So like they're totally fine, but they're pumping out all this original content because all these other streaming services are coming out directly from the 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 content owners right like disney plus they're going to exclusively put only disney stuff on there so they're not having to pay a license fee like netflix does to actually get all this content so i think i was uh reading somewhere 
that Netflix has, like their overall like bottom line is they're they're making. You know, I mean, they're having to pay. It's just a. It's, I don't know. I, just to put things in simple terms, because I don't really remember the exact numbers. But if they let's say they made three billion dollars, they're having to pay like a billion dollars just to license content, and that licensed content is the majority of the content that's actually watched on Netflix. Yeah. So if they lose that, they're going to be in a tough spot. You know, be in a pick- like, do what? I said they're going to be in a pickle. Yeah, it's uh, they're going, which they already are starting to lose all the, you know that licensed content at this point because yeah. these other streaming services are coming up. So it's hard to deny that you know Disney Plus, even where they're at right now, with seventy you know three million subscriptions or whatever in the first year, with no premium content, when you look at the numbers. It's like it's ins- you can't deny how profitable it is for them because like imagine if a world where they're, they're they are releasing more premium content these numbers are only going to skyrocket they're they're in a place to where since they don't have to license any any material like they're only using their own content so that you know one billion dollar licensing hypothetical number I threw out for for Netflix like Disney doesn't have that Disney just has pretty much pure profits every month, and the same would go with Warner. Like when they're just on HBO, they kind of they still do are in a phase where HBO does license other things, like they have new release movies they'll put on there or whatever. But eventually, they're going to be in a place where they're not going to need to do it either. They're just going to have their own stuff, and without having to pay the licensing cost for it. So I could definitely see like. Streaming being the way of the future, um, them releasing like more of these big budget movies like uh, Wonder Woman directly on HBO Max and just being consistent with that because I, I mean, it just makes them too much money potentially. It's it, like, you well, know, and that's and that's the flip side of the coin that I was, uh, you know, that's what that's the reason I'm a little torn about this whole decision by Warner Brothers to release Wonder Woman this way. I I was talking with somebody and I told him I may not watch Wonder Woman on Christmas Day. I mean, normally I don't miss the the opening, the first showing of a big movie like this, of a comic book movie. But my first opportunity to see this is going to be on the streaming service on Christmas Day. And I may not see it then. I may wait a day or two and check the theaters and see if I feel comfortable with the number of people that are going to be in my local theater for a showing and go see in the theater first. Because to be honest, that's that's the experience I want first on my first viewing for, for these movies. I like being able to see them on the big screen. I like being able to get the immersive sound. Yeah, the I, mean, premium I sound. have, yeah, I have a nice TV. I have a nice stereo setup, but I don't have a, you know, $50,000, $100,000, whatever it costs to build a premium, you know, movie theater experience uh, cinema in your home. I don't have. And, and so yeah. Uh, you know, my 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 60 inch television just doesn't compare to the 60 foot television or, or screen that, that's in the theater or however, however big it is. I'm, my, I'm sure my numbers are way off there. Um, it's big. So so there's part of me that's a little, you know, while I'm happy that it's coming out, I'm happy that people are going to have the opportunity to see it and I'll have the opportunity to watch it whenever I want as a subscriber. I'm also worried that this is going to that this might be the next step on that road to theaters not being as prevalent or not being as widely available and, or, or even to theaters going away. Um, if this becomes, let, let, let's see this comes out and, 
and it does gangbusters for HBO Max. Let's say it doubles or triples their subscriber base. And not only that, their subscriber base, they were, they were able to retain it for the next two or three months, proving that they had, you know, had the effect they wanted. It's going to give Warner Brothers pause about how they release their movies in the future and, and whether or not they do day and date. And, and when they start doing day and date, that's going to remove the incentive for a lot of people to go to the theater. And so I'm just worried it's 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 that step down that road to not having theaters anymore, which would be um, heartbreaking for me, to say the least. Yeah, I get that. And it's, it's hard to even imagine what the theaters could even do to kind of like adjust and evolve. Because, you know, the, the, the common phrasing, you know, adapt or die or whatever, right? It's like, sure. what do they even like? It's a movie theater. Like. Yeah. There's not really much more they can do. I mean, they they started adding the recliner seats and you know you know, bars and you know, dine-in theaters, yeah. you know, like, and it's like that that made a much more premium kind of experience for everybody to go in. But like, what more can they really do? Like, it puts it puts theaters in a tough spot, and they're very expensive just to maintain. I mean, oh, yeah. when you even just like the huge buildings, like just the the land cost, the yeah, rent, the rent yeah. it's like I don't even know what yeah, more they not- can do. I'm not I'm not trying to be an alarmist and, and say that, you know, theaters will go away completely. I, you know, obviously a lot there's, will. Tons, yeah. there's a tons of there's tons of stuff that technology has made not as prevalent as it used to be. So I think we'll still always have theaters. But I think what you you know, what you said is correct. A lot will probably close if if this is successful and if this is the way that studios start their their primary focus is with an eye towards streaming. I think you'll see, you know instead of a new movie every weekend, you might get multiple movies in a lot of cases every weekend. You might get one or two a month and have just, you know, half if not a third of theaters exist, you know, have two thirds to a half of them just shut their doors and, and just not, they, they just not be around as much as they are now. It's a crazy thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's again, like it's, it's, I don't know what more they could do. I mean, like I, I, I do give them a lot of credit for even like right now, the ones that have been able to be open to some capacity or doing things a little outside of the box. Like you can run out the theater and, you know, play whatever movie you want, you know, kind of thing like they're doing. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it may come down to where like that just becomes a more standard thing because if they're, if they're getting a lot less foot traffic because all, you know, all the movies are coming out on streaming and theaters in like the same time or even like, a week or two, I mean, you know, if the theatrical windows cut down to like seven to 14 days, like uh, some of these, like, you remember it was a Cinemark or Regal deal. Like they made a deal where um, it's kind of a odd deal the way they did it. Cause it's like, if the movie makes $50 million, like opening weekend, then they're allowed to put it on their streaming service or something like it's, it's weird, but I mean, it's still, it's after like seven to 14 days or kind of thing. Like then they can do whatever they want with it. And like, if that's the case, I could just see a lot of people out there just saying, you know, do I go to the movie theater or do I wait a week? Yeah. And just watch it on whatever, right? You know, it's a little different if, you know, that week period comes out and you still have to pay a premium price for it. Because I could see a lot of people going to the theater still at that point. But either way, it's not a very long period of time for people to just kind of wait. Yeah, there's, I, you know, maybe it's a societal shift too. I already have plenty of friends that just don't go to the theater anymore. They wait for home video. Um, but I just, I can't, you cannot replicate the communal aspect of it, 
Um, you can't replicate the, the, the video and audio. Well, you know, unless you're a multimillionaire or multi-billionaire, you can't replicate the, the audio and video presentation that you get in a theater. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just, 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 just think about the next, yeah, it's a completely different. Just think about the next, um, you know, Avengers movie that comes out and, you know, you'll, if, if it comes streaming, you know, you won't have that moment in the theater when Cap picks up Mjolnir and goes after Thanos and the crowd, you know, the entire theater as if you were at a sporting event and your team just scored right. the winning touchdown. It, it just, you know, you, you lose those, those moments. And those, those to me are things that really, I, I really enjoy. And I can't, I can't imagine not, not having. I think the other downside too, before we move on here with, with that, the communal experience is like what a lot of people who prefer, you know, the, the movie going experience, like realistically it is, is about that experience, right? Having, you know, you and it's just the sporting reference is a good a good example yeah because that's that's how it is you know it's like you're in a stadium there and your your team wins that when that thing stuff happens being a part of that shared experience is what makes it like special for a lot of people but it's interesting because if you look at it like with that same lens do you still even get that with so many less people going to the theaters anymore like that's true. You know what I mean? Like that communal experience, even if theaters like are remained open, with social you distancing. go right now. Yeah. With social distancing and all this happening. And if less people are going, you have like a half, half, you know, empty theater. Is it still even the same at that point? Like, that, you know? that's true. No, you're, you're exactly right. It is a muted. It's not, doesn't have quite the same effect. I guess my, my thinking is that, you know, we are hopefully knock on wood, getting towards the end of this this segment this period in history where there are reduced numbers and hopefully we'll have the vaccine and hopefully you know six months or a year from now things will be normal people mm -hmm. people will yeah they'll be back to some state of normal so yeah. we'll see that's what uh, the the only problem there i see is uh the with the streaming services if those num those numbers never come back up you know if you're able yeah. to wait a week people probably just gonna wait a week you know, that's that's sure. so you might theaters might remain open in a lot of places, but that communal uh, you know experience might be dead regardless but if, yeah, if no yeah. one's going to theater. So that kind of sucks. So but anyways, guys, I guess the, the most exciting news or the happy news with it all is that Wonder Woman is coming out on December 25th still. So that's still a big thing that we're getting, uh, you know, this year in 2020. So that's good. It comes at the end of the year. So I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. Um, obviously, though, like we said, these day and day releases. I'll, We've been saying it, you know, on the show for months now that it's not the greatest thing for feeders, and they're already, you know, these are trying times. These are unprecedented times, after all. So, I don't know what what, what do you guys think about this? Do you think it's just more, you know, just generally a good thing that the movie's coming out in general, or are you kind of pessimistic in a lot of ways, like we are, you know, or hesitant, I guess, um, just because you know it just smells like doom, I guess you could say, for the theater industry even further. So whatever you guys think, let us know down in the comment section below. All right, everybody. So our next topic here, our second main topic, keeps us in the world of uh, DC and in the world of HBO Max because recently we just had the latest trailer of uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League come out, which the trailer itself wasn't... It was a lot of the same footage we already saw, but it was more of just like an extended look at uh, the, the kind of the teaser that came out a while ago with uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah and everything. It was just like a two and a half minute version of that same trailer with a couple couple of new shots here and there, but it wasn't, wasn't anything that like blew my socks off. I mean, I'm already excited for the movie. Can't wait to see it. 
So whatever. More interestingly, though, in my opinion, at least, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but they got um, a shot of uh, this new this new concept look at the dark side in, in his armor. It was released, which that's what I've been waiting to see his entire time. Because I mean, the, in the shot of Dark Side in the trailer is still that same like flashback shot of him coming, you know, and fighting the the Amazons and the Greek gods and all them, in, you know, the lanterns there just in the past before he put on the, the mantle of Dark Side, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I've been waiting and waiting, and waiting to see what Zack Snyder's actual like true interpretation, quote unquote, of Dark Side was. And this really excited me because th- this is this is why Darkseid is like my favorite DC villain, dude. Like as- aside from the Joker, like this is my dude. So, what what do you guys think of the what did you guys think of the trailer? And then, uh, what do you think of this look at uh, Darkseid here? I thought it was uh, the trailer looked good. Um, you know, like you said, it's not a lot of new footage or anything like that. But the Darkseid picture, it's good stuff. Primo, dude. Yeah, primo. Primo. But- the eyes bloom with the Omega effect is, I mean, that's, you know, I, I've seen some cool, obviously artist rendering of dark side over my comic book reading career. And, you know, that, that right there encapsulates a lot of those really cool images. The only thing maybe, I don't know, maybe they tried it and maybe it didn't work would, would be if you had like the little steam trails or the little, uh, red effects coming out of the eyes at the same time but but regardless it it still looks phenomenal i also really like the uh the omega symbol uh kind of carved into his chest piece there or or at least outlining the chest piece i think it looks very very slick um makes me really excited to see i you know again double double double-edged sword here i'm i'm really excited to see it i'm also kind of apprehensive because I'm 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 worried that this is going to be we're going to get a shot that's about as long as looking at this picture of him in I this know. armor and and then it's going to cut to black because that's going to be the end of the movie and we're going to you know all have to sit and pray and cross our fingers and uh, do whatever we have to do to do another release the Snyder cut uh, petition Dude. online yeah. to get to get the second part of this story so all right so hopefully though kind of like we were saying before you know with uh, the Wonder Woman topic, if it's able to bump up them subscription numbers in a lot yeah. of ways, and the same applies if the Snyder Cut comes out and they just get a flood of subscriptions come in for HBO Max and it's well-received and, you know, yada, 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 maybe that hope is a lot. You know, maybe they'll consider doing a Snyder Cut or do. Like, yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, and you can you guys can tell me if my math's off on this, but but let's say between let's say Wonder Woman bumps them up. They're let's say they're 30, 40 million right now. Let's say Wonder Woman gets them up to to 80, um, 70 or 80, and then let's say Snyder Cut gets them up to a hundred. Let's say between those two releases, they're somehow able to hold retain subscribers and get up to a hundred hundred um million subscribers. Uh, for their platform at, at $15 per subscriber, you're talking about $1.5 billion, correct? Yeah, I was going to see is that you showed up. My calculator was right on your, your screen for a minute. So you became the calculator. You became the calculator. So because it's like have, 15 or 16 a month for HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm keeping it ballpark in the, at the 15 range. Um, but that's $1.5 billion a month. If you can retain that, 
I mean, I, I don't, yeah. that's, you're, you're talking about 12, 18 billion dollars a year in revenue from the stream. And that's without adding anybody else, any other subscribers. If you can just maintain that 100 million, let alone get up to the 200 that Netflix is at. I mean, that's, that's a portion insane. of that is, is the production budget for, for an, another cousin Snyder. So I, I definitely see where if it's, if it's popular enough, if it, if it drives subscription enough, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. I mean, it's not like they're going to be hurting for money to do it at that point. No, so, yeah. Yeah. and that's the Probably. thing too, like with, uh, like with those numbers right there. Like if you're, if you're able to retain, you know, a hundred million subscribers, that's that's a one point five billion dollars a month. Month. You know what that's I mean? insane. A month. Like Disney had the best, you know, record-breaking box office year in two thousand nineteen, and it was like around 10 billion i think between like 7 and 10 billion made at the box office this is yeah. 1 billion a month or more which yeah. is again yeah. points as to like why i can see financially speaking why disney and why hbo want to focus more on their streaming service because for one it's just reliable money let alone it being you know just an absurd amount of money that you know we'll never see but that's like every month you're getting a billion dollars. Sure. Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. consistent. Whereas you, you put a movie out like tenant, we were saying just came out and only made like 300 million in the theater. You know what I mean? Like, even, you know, for a fact, you'll, you're going to be getting that 1.5 billion every month. So why not bump those numbers up as best you can? You know, it makes yeah. fiscal True. sense, you know? So, but yeah, I could definitely see it coming. Like you said, my biggest fear for it is that, uh, this is, you know, that's all we're going to see, right? It's just like, this is it. We're going to see this for five seconds, and then he's going to go away. I don't think that would yeah. be the case. No, but it, it from everything we know, Rick, it, it really will be the case, because Darkseid wasn't actually like a main yeah. character in the movie. No, he was yeah, supposed to be set up for the second one. Like, that's what we know notoriously. So, like, yeah. And then especially if uh, it was... I don't know how much Zach was like kind of talking out of his ass by any means, but he said there's only like four to five minutes of new footage like he actually shot for the movie. I don't know. Maybe he he maybe he was only referring to you know, uh, like shot like with an actor with an actual camera, camera you versus know, like, like animated. Yeah, versus some CG stuff. So maybe maybe you know him putting in four minutes of CG dark side in addition to it. It maybe there too. Who knows. We'll just have to wait and see. I don't know. I'm excited to see just more dark side in general, like any way I can. So that's all. That's all I'm. Uh, I'm at with that. And then we got another, another picture from the Snyder Cut came out uh, from uh, Joe Maggianello, Deathstroke oh, himself, yeah. released him picture of him on set there, looking just savage as a motherfucker. Oh like, yeah, just looking great. <laughs> rocking like, that looks, mohawk now too. Yeah, rocking the mohawk with the new, his new hairdo. Because previously, you know, he was what he looked like at the end of. He looks Justice like a nerd League. compared to the new picture. There. I know he does. <laughs> he just look. It's completely different. <laughs> Ironically, it's like black and white. You know yeah, I mean? it's quite clearly. <laughs> yeah, it's literally though. But yeah, he looks great. And uh, I don't know. I was telling you, Rick, when we were talking about this uh, shot. Uh, when I, when I was first showing you, like, I don't know how much I really care about the Mohawk or care for it. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. I don't think it hurts it, and I don't think it helps it. Like, I think it's a, I think... You have to see it when it's like, you know, when you actually see it outside of, like, a picture. Yeah, like, I mean, the way he looked in the end of Justice League there and that other picture, that's like the, the your classical Slade Wilson yeah. like look. Yeah. The Mohawk, uh, 
I don't like I, like I said. I don't know if it's better or worse. He looks great with it in this picture, but I don't, I don't know. It looks fine. I think it looks good. This, yeah, it's it's. It, I I think I mentioned this to you when you first told me about this, uh, Rob. That they, it's going to be interesting to see what role Deathstroke and the Joker, because we've heard that the Joker is coming back play. Um, there was also some 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 chatter online this week about what the Joker's role in this movie is and, and how it's Zach had a quote that this is a, I believe I'm quoting this correct, a more road weary Joker, which is just kind of a, a phrase I would never have expected to hear. The Joker is chaos. He's anarchy. Yeah. He's carnage. He's not. So, so for the Joker to be road weary, like, like, like life has taken a toll on him or something that seems to be the, like, he's the one that takes a toll on life, not the other way around. So I'm not really, I'm not really sure what to, yeah, I'm not really sure what to expect from that. Um, Except that I will say that this image of Deathstroke, maybe it's the black and white shot. Maybe it's uh, the Mohawk. I don't know, but he looks like a, older more road weary version of deathstroke so maybe Weathered, there's something yeah. about yeah. what's going on that ties these villains together in this way and, and is, is responsible for this change in the look i like well, the eye patch better <laughs> the eye patch almost it just looks the same as maybe bigger yeah. yeah i don't know the i was telling you john though the only thing i care about uh because i was one of the few people out there who i did like jared leto's joker um, like, you know, for the most part, he, he was underutilized and I didn't, maybe didn't like some of the creative choices they went with him. But, uh, the main thing I was telling you is that all I care about with Joker being brought back in any capacity, at least with Jared Lowe's Joker, is that hopefully him being road weary or whatever, like took him to a tattoo parlor to get the, uh, some tattoo removal yeah. done. That's all I care about. I just, cause if anything, I just didn't like the, the actual look of his joker i I was fine with the the white you know skin and like the the bleach chemical one like from the animated i was good for him not having a bigger makeup smile or like scarring like heath and it was just red lipstick i'm fine with all that it's like dark knight return stuff it's just like a very classic looking joker for the most part but then they threw on those tattoos and that's the thing i'm fine with tattoos i have tattoos it's not that like i'm against tattoos they're just stupid tattoos they're, and yeah. they're in stupid locations. They're, you know what? I hate saying this, but like they're cringy as fuck. Oh, they they're are just cringy. Do you remember when they like dropped the first picture of him where you saw the tattoos and the backlash that came out of that? Like, it's just so dumb. Like the one and like, cause literally to speak more towards the cringe factor of it. Like he had that smiley face thing on his hand and he literally in the movie puts it up on and starts going like, ah, like, it's dumb. It's like somebody who never had tattoos just wanted to get the goofiest shit they could. Exactly. Like. Yeah. It's, it's literally like that, that's what I didn't like about it. I didn't like that look. Like I was fine like if that. you want to give him the yeah crocodile skin purple coat. If you want him to wear that, fine. But just Whatever. get rid of the tattoos. Get rid of the tattoos. That's all I care about. But otherwise, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever they're gonna do with them. And that's the thing too. Is speaking back to like the four to five minutes of new footage, like. You have to assume it was already confirmed that n- neither of these characters, being Joker and Deathstroke, they weren't supposed to be in. I mean, Deathstroke had his appearance at the end of it, but Joker uh, is a completely new addition. Zach said that like yeah. he did not have actual plans for him to be in the, the original 
Justice League movie. So like we know some of that four minutes of footage is Joker 100%. And we know because he, he you know, Joe Maganello here was on set doing this, that Deathstroke is some of that four minutes too. So kind of rules out more of it being dark side in some ways too. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, do, do you, do you, uh, we've talked about this before, but, but with the more information we get and seeing some of this and Zach talking about the Joker, do you think that this is, I mean, we've, uh, does this, does this reinforce in your mind at all? The idea that they are going to have maybe a Batman because the, the idea was that there was going to be a Batman kind of versus Deathstroke movie that came out after Justice, Justice League um, when Zach was still attached. Um, do you think that this leads more weight to the fact that we might be getting an HBO Max Batman versus Deathstroke series slash movie? Um, do you think that that's why these two in particular were brought back and they're showing more of them to get audiences reacquainted with them and in preparation for that? In was, my mind, um, sorry, what were you going to say? Rick? I was just going to say, I certainly hope so. That'd be an awesome movie. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say. In my mind, and like I said a couple weeks ago, when like the news first came out, when Joker and Deathstroke were coming back, or coming back, I guess, coming into the movie, um, the only thing that made sense at all, especially as far as the overall story of the Justice League movie, because we know the story, right? Like, you know, Steppenwolf comes in, invades. That's the general premise of the story. And when you look at it, you know, it, it through that lens, the Joker and Deathstroke do not fit into that movie. Like the only thing they really would fit into at that point is setting up another movie, you know, kind of like they did at the end of uh, Justice League with Deathstroke. Like they just yeah. they just post credit scene set up another movie. That's really all I can see their role really being in you know Justice League movie. So in my mind, I don't really see anything else you would kind of be able to even do with them. So I'm hoping that it is indeed just set up for an Affleck solo Batman movie that they're just going to do on HBO max and just let it be its own thing. That's what I hope because then we were talking yeah. about before there were those rumors about uh, the, the, the inclusion of uh, more of the Joker killing Robin and how that happened and how that affected Bruce and like all that. Like I'd love to see all that stuff actually played out you know, in Ben Affleck's Batman movie. And like, like I said, there were rumors, like not rumors. There were um, some, I forget who it was, but someone at DC, like a, a notable person at DC who did a lot of the animated stuff. I think it was Jay, Jay Oliver or Olivia, whatever his, I, his last name is. I think it was him. He directs a lot of the animated movies and everything. Uh, so take that. You love it or hate it, whatever, you know, as far as his work goes. But he said that he read the Ben Affleck Batman script and he said it was like the best Batman script he'd ever uh, read before. So like, and then the movie got canned. So yeah, Ben Affleck being like my favorite Batman, like I've, it's, you know, I've one of the best directors in uh, you know, the world right now. I'd love to see a Ben Affleck directed Ben Affleck starring Batman movie. That'd be amazing. Especially his pitch of Batman versus Deathstroke. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, that, yeah. that Arkham Origins game, like that fight between them two. Oh, that was so. Yep. Like, don't I want to see that on screen? <laughs> yeah, it just it sounds great. So I'm hoping, and in my mind, that's all I can really see it leading up to. So I don't know. You guys got any other thoughts on the, this? Jo not Justice League. I mean, Snyder Cut stuff. Yeah, it it, it can't come soon enough. I mean, yeah, yeah. They're, te Probably. they're teasing the hell out of it, but hopefully, hopefully, we get it sooner rather than later.
Yep, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So, question is, guys, what do you think about all this? Did you like the Justice League trailer? Do you kind of feel like me? Not that it was bad by any means, but is this a little bit more of the same and you're already kind of hyped up for it to begin with? And at this point, you just want to see more. What did you think about the dark side stuff? Because if anything, I liked that dark side picture probably more than anything. That was my favorite thing out of uh, any of the Snyder Cut news this week. That that dark side shot did it for me. So whatever whatever it was for you, what did it for you with the Snyder Cut stuff this week? Let us know down in the comments section below. All right, everybody. So our third main topic here today is uh, still in the world of HBO Max and of DC, actually. So this is our... Three three topics of DC movie news here, I guess you could say. This is, we, we could cut out this whole segment just call it DC movie news of the week, essentially. But this was an interesting story, and I don't know, and it, I don't believe it was reported by, um, like, Deadline or what I would, you know, like Hollywood Reporter, which were, you know, things I would consider to be a highly reputable source. But I don't think this is really a, like, unreputable source by any means. But it was an interesting rumor. I just, uh, just wanted to kind of talk about it briefly here and that is that uh, the green arrow is supposedly being rebooted to some extent and being included the into the uh the james gunn peacemaker john cena's you know uh suicide squad spinoff series that's being filmed at hbo max so it's also not only was it like three dc topics it was three hbo max topics too so we are just marketing the hell out of hbo max right <laughs> now so anyway this topic though uh it's kind of interesting because they say that it was going to be more of a more closely related to the the comic rendition of Green Arrow, so just less, I guess, less dark. Unless somehow, I I guess you could say that Stephen Amell's Green Arrow was darker than how dark. it was in the comics, but I don't know. It kind of like the Arrow show and the way Oliver was portrayed was real wavy. So like it was. First couple seasons, I would say maybe it was a little bit of a darker take, but I mean, in the end, I feel like it really wasn't too, wasn't too different. It was he was less quippy. I'll, I'll give it that. Like a green Green Arrow had notably been a little bit more quippier, I guess, but he was never really as quippy as like, you know, Flash or like you know how you know kind of thing. So I don't know, but it's interesting if they're going to be including him in any capacity or not, because like I said, this. There hasn't been any confirmation, at least as far as I'm aware, from any reputable sources or from like HBO Max or James Gunn themselves. So take it with a grain of salt. But I find it interesting that they would bring uh, him in. And it, it it does kind of make sense that Green Arrow would be a good, you know, upstanding superhero to be in like the Peacemaker show. It makes sense because he wouldn't want like. Superman would be a little bit overkill for Peacemaker, you know. Wonder Woman, a little bit overkill. Batman got better things to do than deal with Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. So I could Green Arrow definitely fits there. So the only thing that also kind of has me weary about it in some ways is that I know there was a due to the pandemic and everything that's going on right now. Obviously, a lot of the CW shows had have had uh, just kind of come to a halt in, in their production and everything. And there was, um, I think it was when Stephen was on. Um, inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum, he actually told him that he had recently spoken to Greg Berlanti, who was like the producer and everything of uh, all the CW Arrowverse shows. And he said that uh, he would essentially come back and shoot something as Oliver again, if they needed him to, because he lives in Vancouver. Like he lives where they shoot all these shows. But he was just kind of saying like, if you guys like need to put something on television, because right now, since they shoot all this stuff in Canada, you know, it's kind of hard to get people in the U.S. into Canada and, like, actually get a show done with all the quarantining and everything that has to happen. So 
Steven was just, you know, he said, like, I'm here. If you guys need Oliver to come back, if we can make it work, I'll do something for you. So, again, something that kind of, in some ways, you know, contradicts it is I don't know why they would bring a new Arrow in if somehow Arrow is still around in some ways. On this, But at the same time, there's a cyborg in Doom Patrol and uh, Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol, <laughs> Doom Patrol. Uh, there is a cyborg in Doom Patrol and there's a cyborg in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And same with, you know, there's Ezra Miller Flash. I mean, DC has definitely been a little bit more lax on having their uh, TV heroes and their movie heroes. Like it, there's a Superman on CW. So, I mean, yeah. definitely possible. Definitely possible. But what do you guys think of uh, Green Arrow potentially being rebooted in some capacity on HBO Max and making an appearance in uh, the Peacemaker series? It surprises me that they're like rebooting it so quickly because it wasn't that long ago, was it, that it was on the CW? Yeah, it was just last year. La- last year. Yeah. So that's a pretty quick uh, really jump in the gun there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm sh- I I... I I almost thought this was a joke when you first told me. I thought there's no way. I mean, not only did Arrow just end its run on the CW, but the Arrowverse, I mean, the entire name for those line of shows came from Green Arrow and the Arrow. The Arrowverse is still going relatively strong. They did just announce that Black Lightning will be ending after this upcoming season. But as, as of now, you're just getting a new Superman show that's starting spinning out of it. Supergirl is ending after this season, but The Flash is still going. Um, there are some other shows that might be in the works still coming from that. So the idea that they would relaunch Green Arrow is shocking. But then you're exactly right. Green Arrow is a character that works well within the the universe of peacemaker or at least on the same level as peacemaker he's not too overpowered for him he's also kind of a uh uh i'm trying to think of the right word he's a vigilante character that is very much about standing up to the system which peacemaker kind of might be fighting against so you could see where they kind of be on the same side but coming at it from opposite directions which could be some interesting conflict um so that all makes perfect sense and you know to be fair Arrow made the Arrow show made Green Arrow a more well-known household name. I mean, prior to the Arrow show, a lot of people might have a guess at who Green Arrow was, but but he's definitely a lot more well-known now because of that show. And so maybe it's a a known character that they can fit into Peacemaker that that isn't being utilized right now because the show is over. So, you know what I was like thinking you... too, uh, not to interrupt because uh, I just don't, no, want no, to for- I don't want to forget this train of thought because you were just saying that, uh, you know, Arrow just ended like a year ago. See, the, uh, Supergirl's getting canceled or got canceled and it's got one more season left. Black Lightning's getting canceled and everything. And just like with, uh, you know, we were talking earlier with, you know, Disney and Warner wanting to focus more on their their streaming services. What are the odds that you think that eventually here, like, that these DC shows are just going to be entirely because I mean it's coming anyway. Flash is going to be the only one remaining at this point. I think is Legends still going on, or they announced the Legend, last season Legend, for that too. No, Legends is still going. So I mean, I think the three you've got that so far have a chance of sticking around past this season that haven't been announced as being ending are the, the Superman show, which hasn't even had its first season yet. That's debuting this year or this upcoming year. Um, the Flash and then Legends. Um, and then there's a spinoff show out of Black Lightning that they're doing. So 
Yeah, I, 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 if, I, if I'm, I might be jumping the gun here, but I think you're getting toward to the fact that maybe DC is trying to shuttle or shutter these these stories so that they can start doing them on their streaming service. I mean, you kind of saw already with uh, they did that with the DC streaming service. Yeah. Like they already like Doom Patrol was the first to officially move to HBO Max. Then Titans was just finally confirmed but it, i mean we knew it was going to happen because they just they shut down the dc streaming service essentially well converted it to just comics sure. like yeah. we were saying they would probably end up doing so like they already were shifting their stuff over to hbo max anyway so i mean i could just see with the cw stuff in some ways too i think the viewership is kind of dying with it all and i don't know if like like if arrow leaving you know if Stephen amell's arrow um coming to an end had any effect on that but i mean i stopped watching these shows like uh two years ago not because they were like battered and like them anymore really it was just kind of like i don't know it felt like more the same with a lot of them in all honesty so it's not like they were bad but they they didn't really keep me hooked you know after like a couple seasons of it like it just kind of got boring to some degree but then i also had like just so much content out there that I had to sure. make some cuts, and uh, the CW shows they didn't make the cut. All right, they just didn't make the yeah. cut. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I could definitely see it being. Uh, I could just see DC wanting to focus more on if, if they're they're utilizing HBO Max. I just could see them doing it with these kind of shows too. Like, because it's just if they're not bringing in the viewership numbers they used to, then I mean, what's the point? Uh, they could move it all to. HBO Max and then get some more subscribers out of it. I feel like that's a better way to go. Even if it means rebooting everything in some capacity. Like I don't think if like Flash comes to an end that they're just gonna make a Flash series by any means. But you never know. I don't know. We see. I just when you were saying all the shows were getting canceled, just made me think like, huh. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's possible. No, I've de- I've I've definitely kept that in the back of my head that that they are trying to consolidate everything into over to HBO max. So yeah. I mean, we'll it makes sense. And like star, sorry, sorry. Stargirl is the other show that just started this past season. It's still going. Oh yeah. Um, but that was season. technically supposed to be a DC show. And, uh, which sure. I thought was odd too. They didn't just go ahead and decide to put that on HBO max. I guess if anything, that shows that I don't think, uh, probably not going to go on very, very long. It'll probably get canceled as well. If, if, yeah. if it was something they had more faith in, in my opinion, they'd move it to HBO Max, like yeah. they did Doom Patrol, like they did. Uh, maybe it's just because the marketing's different and it would fit better as a CW show. Like, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I could see that too, where it's just like, you know, this fits better here, but at the same time, yeah. you want to get more subscribers. So, like, I mean, I, I don't really actually find that as a viable option because, I mean, HBO has such a mix of content. They're, they have a ton of different things on there. There's animated stuff, there's sitcoms. I mean, everything's there. So Stargirl would have been fine there too. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like the rest of the shows on the CW for DC-wise are pretty much all going to be pretty short-lived. I'm actually kind of shocked, now that I'm thinking about it, that uh, of all the places to pick up Lucifer... Netflix did, as opposed to like HBO. Yeah, like I'm surprised to begin with when Lucifer went on Fox for its original program. I was like, why is this not just coming on, you know, CW or DC or something, the DC app or something? But uh, I was kind of shocked that the Lucifer didn't 
get picked up by HBO Max to keep going. Felt like it made a lot more sense. And they could do, they could do a little bit more on HBO Max, I feel like. But they can with Netflix now, too. But yeah. alas. Yeah. I don't know, guys. So the question is, what do you guys think about this? I'm not suggesting by any means that, one, this story is true. But by two, if it is true, I'm definitely not saying that they're going to be making a whole new Green Arrow series on HBO. I doubt that would be the case. But anything is possible. Again, these are unprecedented times. So you never know. And if uh, you know if the show kicks off and they like if 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 there is a new arrow on the Peacemaker show and everybody loves him, kind of just like you know Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad movie, it turned out to be really good. So they decided to give him his own show. It's definitely in the realm of possibilities that uh, there there could be a new Green Arrow show eventually. So I don't know. Whatever you guys think about this story, you let us know down in the comments section below. All right, everybody. So our next topic here is our final shilling out for HBO Max. Okay, it's the final one, I promise. But uh, yeah, there, recently there's obviously been a lot of news and a lot of yammering for probably the last year or so about The Last of Us, so based on you know the Sony video game and everything, Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two and blah blah. blah. There's been a lot of a lot of yammering about there being a series coming to HBO, and uh, now it has been official. HBO has officially greenlit a series order for the Last of Us television series. So I'm pretty excited for this because like the games alone are some of the best storytelling. And it, I know there's been a lot of like drama about and like, a lot of people didn't like the second one and you know what happens in the second one. And I'm not going to get into any spoilers or anything, but they just didn't like some of the uh, let's say character choices and and then the the you know the switching of perspectives. If you know what I mean, they didn't like that, and uh, I get all that. But as far as storytelling goes, these uh, not, you know, Naughty Dog did a good job with them, especially the first one, in my opinion. I thought was just it was told very well. It has a very very gripping intro. And, you know, it's very good. And like I said, if you haven't played it, I don't want to spoil it because maybe... maybe yeah, I was going to say, give me like the TLDR. <laughs> the gist. I don't want to spoil it in the event that people are going into the series blind. Yeah. I mean, like, so like, because if you are going into the series blind, if they follow the game and, uh, for instance, if it opens like the first game... That's something you really don't want to know going into it. It definitely has much more impactful. I mean, like the your first time viewing. Spoiler of me to ask: like, is it a zombie apocalypse? Basically, you know, that's 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 the game. I mean, that's the overall world is an apocalyptic world with zombie-like creatures. Zombie-like creatures. Yeah, because they're not like zombies. They're not like the Walking Dead or anything like that. There's like this. It's a virus outbreak. Yeah, Yeah. kind of like what's going on right now. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. In some ways, but there's like these spores that came from like uh, mushrooms or something that uh, it, it was essentially like a parasitic kind of thing, almost in some ways. Like it infects everybody, and then they they turn into more monster-looking things than zombies. So they're like violent, things. and they've got a yeah. I, I get. They're that. a lot scarier than the zombies in Walking Dead. I mean, yeah. the zombies in Walking Dead are a goddamn joke. They really are. Like they they're not even like the main problem of the show. They're not like the and that's kind of like the whole point. I feel like a lot of people who like dog on the Walking Dead uh, kind of miss the point of the Walking Dead because it is supposed to be more about the human element. Yeah, that's kind of what the, the drama that ensues yeah, in that yeah, sort of situation. Yeah. Living in the post-apocalyptic world, it's like the the humans are the the real bad guys. <laughs> that's what actually happens. Mm. Kind of like in real life, in all honesty. True, true. you know. But yeah, those zombies are kind of like. 
like war uh what is it world war z they had some good zombies dude those that was things nuts were, yeah those things are sketchy those zombies you don't want to do. acting like piling up on each other like yeah and, and they're fast you know yeah. it's like resident evil kind of stuff like not the movies it's like the games you know where they have like their different tiers of zombies you know but yeah, the walking was... dead were always zombies that you could kill with low-level gear in a you game could, yeah you know? use a shovel and just yeah, they were never a big threat unless you were just like completely overrun by them, you know. But but they're so slow, anyways. Like, yeah, they call them walkers. Walkers. They didn't have any. They didn't have any runners. Like there was, <laughs> we go. There was no. There were no big boss man zombies. It was just like no. there they are. Yeah, just dead people. Yeah, whatever. But uh, Rick, I know you haven't had to play. You don't know much about the game, but what do you think about uh, them making the series? Is it something that you'd be looking forward to with the limited knowledge that you have? Well, I mean, the whole zombie apocalypse thing is pretty common nowadays. There's a lot of like shows and movies that kind of go by that. But from what you're saying, like the idea that it's like kind of like the Resident Evil games, not the movies. Uh, that sounds interesting. You know, different like levels of. Things. That's a better way. It's, it's it's more comparable to the Resident Evil games, and not even so much them. It's it's. I mean, kind of. It's not like The Walking Dead. I think it'll be more interesting than The Walking Dead. You know, because I lost, lost hope and faith. I mean, after like the first or second season, I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, my show started out strong, but it just kind of, I don't know, it got a little boring in the end, in my yeah. opinion. But uh, as far as storytelling goes, though, like uh, Rick. These games are some of the best storytelling just done in video games pretty much ever. Yeah, I know so. you and John were saying that, so that's pretty cool. Naughty Dog, though, too. They uh, made Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. They did. And those were fantastic. So Maybe we'll get one of those shows soon. <laughs> I don't know what John, that would entail. What do you think about the, this, uh, this, uh, the news coming out about this? Well, this is like the most exciting news I think I've had all year right, right there. Well, not, not the right next to getting that first Batman trailer, uh, the first trailer for the Batman dropped. Um, this is, this is right up there in terms of excitement for me. Um, Naughty Dog is, I, I feel fairly confident. They're my favorite video game publisher out there right now. They did the Uncharted series, which we talked about a few weeks ago with uh, Tom Holland and the movie that they're making out of that. And then of course you've got the last of us. Um, you, you've already touched upon and mentioned it, but the the opening segment to the, the first Last of Us game, the opening mission or the opening story part, um, is is some of the most emotional and um, just hard hitting storytelling I've I've ever experienced. It doesn't matter if it was books, movies, TV shows, radio drama, you name it. It was just unreal the way they drew you into the story and then the, the way that they just they, they let it play out and and the the way i was emotionally wrapped up in what was going on um and it's such a short segment too it just it, it speaks volumes to their ability to tell and construct a story and that the same writer and, and lead that was responsible for the game is also going to be responsible for the show um, which gives me just more confidence that this is going to be a great show. And and while I agree with Rick, there's kind of a glut of uh, zombie television shows out right now or zombie-themed entertainment out right now. Um, I think that this could work because this is more about the characters and the story that they're telling, the setting, 
uh, more so than the setting. Um, and I just, I really think that this is going to be, I hope, I hope it lives up to, to my very high expectations for it. But I think it's one of those situations where as high as my expectations are, I may be setting the bar low for what they can accomplish with it just because of how good the games are. I mean, if done well, I mean, the series is, like I said, just with the, how great the story was, the storytelling was in the games. I mean, as long as it's executed well, you have a really good blueprint. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it, it has Sounds the, like it. Yeah, it has the, the outline and just the, the potential of being just, you know, another just amazing show. And, uh, I was gonna actually add, like, kind of like you said, the uh, the creative director Neil Druckmann is attached to it. But like, not only is like that good news, but they're working with the Chernobyl writer, uh, Greg Mazin. So, I mean, that's good because if you haven't watched Chernobyl, Chernobyl was HBO, fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was I mean, an amazing show. And then also uh, a, another writer or executive producer by the name of Cheryl Strauss, who worked on Chernobyl and Game of Thrones, uh, is working on the show. So, I mean, it's. And the president of Naughty Dog, Evan Wells, like I mean, it, the the talent behind the camera alone is just in the writer the writers room for this thing and the creative team. Yeah, like I said, the blueprint for the show is already there. But then, so you bring in these just even the the, the the talent behind this you know creative you know department. I mean, it's 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 just got the potential. It's got the potential to be the next Game of Thrones. And the way the story is honestly telling, the way the story is told, the rather. Kind of like how Game of Thrones is like, yeah, it's a fantasy thing. There's dragons and there's white walkers and all that stuff, but it's a much more uh, character-driven uh, narrative. You know, it's it's about the characters, it's the political, you know, stuff that's really gripping. You know, like in like the the dragons and the the fantasy stuff was kind of just like icing on the cake, uh, and so the same kind of applies for you know the Last of Us where. The zombie stuff or the monster stuff is just kind of the icing on the cake because the real meat of the franchise really is the, the character drama. So these talented people behind it with the already great uh, narrative in the games, like it's looking good to me so far. And we have no, we have nothing as far as casting goes, but uh, I'm already pretty excited for it. So yeah, that's 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 where I'm at with it. Yeah, I really the only thing I'm a little concerned with is how they break the story down. If they if they try and do like the entire game, the entire first game in the first season, and if they're not going to do that, they're going to try and extend the the game or the, the story of the game out over multiple seasons. Do they get a commitment from HBO to do all that because if you only tell <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to think back and figure out how you break that first game yeah. down to the point where like where's you're able to, exactly and, right. and if that is all you get is just the, the one season is that enough to tell a complete story that doesn't leave it perpetually like when's the rest coming if, if it you know hopefully well, that's hopefully that's a non-issue hopefully you know the series comes out and it does well and we get a few you know multiple years of storytelling out of it that's so, what i think because i think honestly too knowing Here's the thing, no, without any spoilers, obviously, but knowing what happens in the second game, mm -hmm. they could go a lot of different ways with this this series on here because they could they could spend a like the first game they could spend one season on, they could spend two seasons on because you yep. could fill in a lot of gaps, right? Like there's there was yep. gaps between the first and second game, so there could be new untold stories that happen before the second game picks up, but then the same applies for the second game to where. 
that whole story could start and you can see a lot more of it play out that you didn't really play through in the actual game and then they could continue the story on you know potentially if you have the creative director that the, you have the president of naughty dog and the creative director of the uh the video games themselves working on the series so like it's not to say that they couldn't you know add new stuff in and discontinue it on beyond the second game so i because i don't know if they have any plans to make a third game i mean it was almost like 10 years in between the first and second game so i mean who knows if they plan on making a third game but i mean i don't know like but they could easily continue on and just tell new and interesting stories i, I feel like at some point they probably are gonna have to I mean, get to the second game and just yeah. like kind of go through it. But there's obviously a lot they could do in between those time periods, and they could you know tell a lot more new stories in between. So I don't know because yeah. there's no reason to really limit yourself when like the games are there. We we know where like kind of point A and point B is. So I mean, you can have some fun in between there. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm looking forward to it though. Yeah. I'm excited. Definitely sounds like potential. it'll be good. Very yeah. much. Yeah. So question is, guys. What do you think about this? Are you excited about The Last of Us? Have you played The Last of Us? And you know what? Let me know if you are one of the one of the people out there who really didn't like the direction The Last of Us uh, Part 2 went, or were you someone who, despite maybe not liking it, just really appreciated the story behind it and like kind of thought that their storytelling powers were still there? And uh, yeah, so let, let us know what you guys think about that and the series coming out here down in the comment section below. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so our, what is this, our fourth topic, I believe, this, or no, fifth topic. I don't even know where we're at right now. Our next <laughs> topic, this is easier to say, our next topic brings us uh, into the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, perhaps, or just the Marvel Universe, perhaps. We don't really know yet for sure, but uh, we're done chilling out for DC and HBO, so ex we're expecting those checks to be in the mail <laughs> soon, so now we're switching courses to shill for Disney, and... Uh, uh, some 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 good news finally came out. Not, not, not that there's been a lot of bad news by any means, but some good news finally in regards to the topic of Deadpool has finally surfaced to where they are indeed moving forward with a Deadpool 3 because uh, it's kind of been up in the air and there hasn't been a lot of confirmation on it at all since uh, Marvel uh, or since Disney uh, had the Fox merger and bought Fox and then there was all these questions about, well, what's Deadpool going to do? Because it's realistically uh, it ended up becoming the most successful and in some ways, uh, Fox Marvel franchise, you know, kind of ever, um, and definitely the most uh, successful um, R-rated comic book uh, franchise, really, to this point. So it, I think uh, between Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2, it, Deadpool 2, Deadpool 2, uh, it, uh, they grossed about $1.5 billion. So, so, I mean, as far as financially speaking and, and well-received, the Deadpool movies, uh, they're popping off. And uh, so there were a lot of questions about, okay, well, now that Deadpool's with Disney, what does that mean? Are they going to do? Are they going to PG thirteen this dude up? Are they going to keep him R rated? Are they going to just you know forget about it overall? And we finally got some a little bit of information about that, and it it kind of comes out that uh, or turns out rather that the Deadpool three film is in development, and the the screenwriters behind it, who supposedly Ryan Reynolds approved the pitch for the their the script and everything himself, so that's always good because I I think uh, of all the people who I would want you know to get final say and approval on Deadpool would be Ryan Reynolds. So that's if, because if Ryan Reynolds isn't on board in any capacity, the movie shouldn't be made. <laughs> it's all but, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, he it's, quite literally is Deadpool. He right? is Deadpool. He is the reason behind Deadpool yeah. even being successful. Like, 
the dude is the one who leaked that test footage. Like, <laughs> we all sure. know it, right? Like he's, sure. he, he, hey, he hey, hey. did it. That's right. speculation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know for sure. <laughs> you know how but we kind of do. Like, yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> so he should definitely 100% give final say in anything that happens with Deadpool. And I think everyone's on board with that. One of the few cases where the actor absolutely should have full control over something. Whoa. Like normally you don't want that. It's bad news. But not for this. This is uh, its own thing. So the writers are, uh, I think it was the, yeah, the writers for Bob's Burgers, which isn't a show that uh, I watch by any means. No. But I know it's its really popular with a lot of people. And like, and a lot of times I, I trust the masses' opinions sometimes. And like with something like this, I feel like their sensibilities would probably work for Deadpool in some way. So it makes sense. And uh, they did tweet out this little picture <laughs> with him with, Deadpool's swords <laughs> on his back to kind of confirm, which I thought was kind of was that's funny. funny. Yeah. So with that too, um, we have another report here saying that it is still supposedly going to be R-rated. At least it's potentially being written as R-rated. Whether or not, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see whether or not if what Disney really intends on doing with it, like, because I mean, they could release it under the 20th century banner and not the MCU banner and the Disney banner, um, which would be the best way to go in my opinion is keep Deadpool kind of out there on his own and let him do his thing much like he did at Fox for the most part I mean every time he went to the X Manor there's only like one or two X-Men there <laughs> except in that little scene yeah, that, except was, that, that was like scene. the perfect little Easter egg yeah and one little scene had the whole people like all of them there and even they shut the door yeah they just looked at like oh, <laughs> right. not here but, no yeah, yeah so this is good news to me I, I'm still in the end I think the the million dollar question is is he going to be the MCU or not? That's the biggest thing. So, but what uh, what do you got? What is, what is your guys' take on this? But Rick, what do you think? I, for one, love Deadpool. Those are the movies like my, I guess, I don't know if you consider it a superhero movie, but kind of. I can watch them over and over. Sure They're like my absolute favorite. Um, I love Deadpool as a character, Ryan Reynolds and all that. So hearing that Deadpool 3 is in development, especially in these uh, trying times unprecedented i was gonna say however you phrased it yeah um that that's great great news honestly i can't wait to uh see what comes out of it so yeah john what's your take obviously i'm right there with you guys i can't wait i mean i I love ryan reynolds i love deadpool i love the pairing of ryan reynolds and deadpool so they can't go wrong with that um I I'm glad to hear that they're they're that I think came straight from Bob Iger, the president of Disney. If I read the article right, the one that I read um, said that he was on board for having it be R-rated. I think I think that they can do it. I think that they can have a rated R Deadpool movie and still have Deadpool in the MCU. I understand the 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 some the conflict that could arise like from having. Yeah, moral or just or just it's not moral, it's marketing. Po- it's, yeah, yeah, it's, and, and just and just the parental aspect of yeah, it. Because yeah. you're you, you know, you have you have these young, younger kids, you know, eight, nine, ten year olds that are going and seeing the new Avengers movie. And if you bring Ryan Reynolds, if you bring Deadpool into the MCU, then they see Deadpool and they go, Oh wow. I really like that guy. And he doesn't have to curse in those movies. He can still be funny and witty and obnoxious, but remove some of the cursing and remove some of the over, or, or he can fight like 
robots and cut the robots up so that you're not getting the blood and gore that you yeah. get with an R-rated Deadpool, but you still get the essence of the character. But then the dilemma becomes, okay, so we're showing kids this cool character that they're going to like. Is it then do how how do parents how do we then put a movie out and not expect these kids to want to see it? And then are we going to have parents mad at us for for you know not having a version of the character? And I understand the dilemma there. I still think it works. I still think parents just need to grow up and raise their kids because you know if it's rated R, it's rated R, and the kids probably isn't it probably isn't made for them. And just tell them this is the Deadpool you get to see. This is the one you don't get to see. But um, I do understand. I do understand the dilemma on Disney's part. And so if they end up keeping Deadpool, his own thing in his own universe, that's I'm willing to accept that I don't need him in the MCU, but I think I do need him um, just because of how good the previous two were. I do need him to be his own thing and be able to continue the movies the way they were because it's done so well. And that's the, you hit the nail on the head there. The, the, The dilemma lies with, Little Timmy seeing Deadpool in the Avengers movie and being like, oh, yeah, this is great. But then little Timmy sees the Deadpool movie, the poster for that, you know, when he turns on the Hulu subscription, you know, because that's where it would go. It would go. The R-rated stuff goes on to Hulu while the PG and PG-13 stuff goes on Disney Plus. And that's when you have the backlash from the, 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 I don't know. I don't want to say like bad parents, but like, I don't know, just... The not very like uh, forward thinking. I don't know what the best way to describe progressive, it. I mean, huh? Maybe like progressive. Not even progressive because it's like because obviously, yeah. You, I don't think I would want my you know twelve year old watching the Deadpool movies. There's very suggestive sure. things in there. Like, <laughs> I don't really care about the blood part. They, they, Sometimes like, it's not even it's not even suggestive. It's just blatantly yeah, out. exactly. Oh, like yeah. like getting pegged on National Woman's Day and stuff. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's stuff like that that. Yeah, you maybe don't want your twelve-year-old watching it because it's because it's going to cause some questions, right? <laughs> like the blood and gut stuff. I think realistically, it, in America, that stuff's normal and sex is taboo. So, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of like kind of the the getting pegged on you know National Women's Day is far more a taboo in, in in the states than it is in a lot of places like honestly when it comes down to it but like that's the dilemma they run into is like little timmy wanting to watch it then the parents uproar because well he's in the avengers and like i didn't think there'd be any problems because they even had that with the deadpool movies they some parents took their kids to see them somehow not doing any sort of research bypassing the fact that it's an r-rated movie not it's paying R-rated. any attention and just go in and go see it because oh it's a superhero thing like i can go you know yeah. and it's like yeah at some point because i totally agree with you john it can work and it's perfectly fine like i would like to like i want to have my cake and eat it too like i want deadpool to be himself and have our, his r-rated movies in his world and do his thing but like i also want him to come and talk to spider-man yeah like, that'd be cool I want like they have the banter, the banter between those two. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. they have yeah. great interactions, like in any material that like possible. They like they're it's gold, man. It's gold, and like the like losing out on that because there are some know. parents that don't know how to be parents. Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just want to be ignorant to things. Like, I guess yeah. is the best way is like, like or just want to cool. complain. I, yeah, I, just something. I think I think some people just want to complain too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like I don't know. So I, that's kind of my problem with this. It. Just like it's yeah. easily avoidable, and just people got to suck it up and be, you know, be an adult. I think yeah. John hit the nail on the head there too, where while saying like 
they can make it work. You know, whether he's fighting robots or whatever, just get creative with it. There are definitely ways to make him work in that universe and just still keeping it totally set. So. Yeah. Uh, so in a perfect world, I want to see him in the MCU and have his R rated movies. But I will take, I don't want him to be neutered and only be PG-13. So if, yeah. if I have to take it one or the other, like keep him out of the MCU and give give me the R-rated Deadpool movies in a little pocket universe, I'm fine with that. But obviously, if he can show up and have some discourse with Spider-Man, he could be your one every time. He could be the new Stan Lee, and in every Marvel movie, he's the one F-bomb every time. That becomes a new yeah. thing, because you get one F-bomb in PG-13. So yeah. he could be the guy every time there's a Deadpool cameo, and he just says, fuck. fuck. You think they give that to... Uh, Sam Jackson. Like, oh, you yeah. think True. they'd already be doing that? Just like, oh, like, every time it's like, oh, the fuck. What? <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah. But I, I'd be good with it either way. So um, I'm excited that they're working on it. I honestly, if anything, thought it was uh, more interesting that, uh, what is it, Rhett Reese and Warnick, uh, Paul Warnick, I think those are the, the original two writers of uh, the Deadpool 1 and 2. I was more surprised that they weren't returning to rewrite it than anything. Like, so I know yeah. they, they have some other stuff in the works, but uh, that kind of caught me off guard more so than like we always, we always knew they were going to proceed with this in some way. There's just never been really any confirmation on like the who, what, when, where's and why's. And like, I don't know, it's nice to see that we have it. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what direction they go MCU wise. So you guys got anything else you want to add on the Deadpool stuff? Excited. <laughs> happy, like you said, happy that we have some confirmation that's coming back. Yep, there we go. Well, there it is, guys. What the? What do you think? That's the question. What do you think? Do you think uh, in the end, do you think they're going to end up keeping, you know, Deadpool in the, his own R-rated pocket universe released under the 20th century banner, or do you think uh, maybe they'll keep him in the? Maybe they'll do the both thing. Like I said, have their cake and eat it too. Have him show up in the MCU and then go on about his merry way in the other one. Let us know what you think's going to happen, and let us know what you want to happen down in the comment section below. All right, guys, so our penultimate topic here before we get into our Mandalorians uh, Season 2, Episode 4 spoiler review. That is coming up after this topic. So if anything, too, I don't know, we might do a spoiler-free quick thoughts and then go into the spoiler review. But either way, that's the story for our ultimate topic, our last topic. But our penultimate topic here is that... Um, we spoke about this last week where Marvel came out and said that they are not going to be digitally replacing uh, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. They haven't confirmed, at least publicly, what they intend on doing with the T'Challa or Black Panther character moving forward with the franchise and everything. Because obviously they had Black Panther 2 in production. And then obviously the uh, passing of Chadwick Boseman earlier this year, just a couple months ago. So they've been uh, they've been kind of silent on which is expected. It's still it's still very fresh for everybody. So I mean it's, it's definitely expected that we don't have any confirmation on it, but on what they're going to do with the character by any means. But we do have confirmation that they are in fact moving forward with Black Panther two, and they're going to be starting their shoot for the franchise uh, in uh, July of 2021. So only in about you know seven months from now, seven eight months from now, they're going to be starting filming. So what I think was interesting about this was just because of the story that we had last week where the uh, producer came out and said, like, no, we're not digitally replacing him. Like, you know, Chadwick is Chadwick. Like, we're not doing that. They, like, again, they, they kind of confirmed that they didn't know what they were going to do, but I feel like this story 
I think it says contrary. I think there's a chance that they probably already have their like Black Panther, the replacement, probably picked out. They probably know exactly who it's going to be. Whether or not it's going to be T'Challa or not, I think it should be T'Challa because T'Challa is just too important of a character for them just to, I don't know, just replace off screen. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it does no justice. To not the having like a new Black Panther. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't want them to do that because, like, yeah, you could just have Winston Duke come in. You know, Mbaku come in and just be Black Panther because he, it would make sense because he almost beat T'Challa in Black Panther 1 anyway. So like, it would make sense for him just to like take on the mantle. But in my mind, T'Challa himself is just too important of a character to just like not have him there anymore. So I don't know. Like I said, in my mind, I feel like this, uh, I feel like it's only gonna be a matter of time before they publicly announce. I think if anything, kind of like, uh, they were saying in the previous article about uh, the CGI like dupe replacement or whatever. It's just it's just too soon for them to be even wanting to talk about it. Was like the main thing they said is like they don't even want to have to discuss it because like yeah, I think these these people just lost a family member. You know, like to us it was just a character on the screen, but like to these people they spent years with them. Like on you know, and it's just it's definitely I. I hold no no ill will for them not wanting to just come out and say exactly what's happening because it's just a situation that I'm like literally nobody wants to be in. So, but again, as far as the news world goes, like to me, this indicates that I, I feel like they know exactly what they're gonna do because I, I I gave a little bit of criticism to that comment. Like I will say, it's just like we don't know what we're gonna do. Like I find, yeah, you do. You gotta know what you're doing. Like I know you don't want to say it. But you know, you know what you're doing. So, and again, I feel like this confirms it. So, what are you guys kind of on the same page as me? You think that uh, they're going to keep T'Challa alive in the MCU, or do you think I, maybe they'll go with the Winston Duke taking the mantle role, or someone else coming in and being the new Black Panther? Well, T'Challa, for me at least, well, for the world, I would say, was such an important character for the African American community and for kids and all that stuff to have somebody that they can look up to that, you know. Would could possibly be them or something that keeping that character alive, whether it's a digital or recast, whatever it is. Like, I, I just think that's really important versus bringing in somebody new to be like a second Black Panther. But, yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm torn. I, I, you know, I, I think that it, it's, it's going to be hard for them to recast that role just because. Of, of, I, I feel like in a way you're 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 gonna there's gonna be a segment of the popu population that feels like yeah recast it because we need T'Challa we need that character in the MCU but then there's also gonna be a segment of the population that says you know that that was Bozeman Bozeman defined that character that was his role and it's not you shouldn't be just having somebody else come in. It's whoever fills that shoes are never going to be able to fill them um, properly. I, I personally think that they're going to go the replacement black Panther route. You, you kind of got a sense that they've started dabbling in the, in the idea of legacy and legacy characters with cat passing the shield, the Falcon at the end of Endgame. Um, spoilers, I guess, for a movie that came out last year, but um, the biggest movie uh, ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, sorry if if somebody hasn't seen that, but um, so anyway, you know, you got the idea that Cap is passing that mantle on to another character, 
Um, and so, so there is a little bit of precedent now in the MCU for, for that idea of, of passing of a mantle. And, and I think maybe that's more what we see. I think that we maybe get a, a passing of the Black Panther mantle to somebody else. Um, because I think the character of Black Panther ultimately is the one that they're more interested in preserving. The, the, the idea that there's a super uh, African-American, a black, uh, it's not even African-American, he's yeah. African. He's an African um, superhero. Um, true, true. That, that I, I think that it's important that, um, you know, the culture and society has. Um, and so I, I, I think that might be what they're, they're more concerned with is preserving the, the Black Panther character, not necessarily who's underneath the mask. And, and I think that they could possibly do that a couple different ways. They could have M'Baku come and do it, which is surprising that I hadn't, I never considered that, but it makes perfect sense if they wanted to go that route. Um, the one that I thought, and the one that there is some precedent for is uh, Shuri. Um, she actually had the role of Black Panther in the comic books before. And so um, I think with her connection, how close she was in the movies with her with her brother um, makes her a natural replacement for them to um, have T'Challa for whatever reason not be able to continue in the role and for her to pick up the mantle and, and continue. So I think that's the route they're going. Um, but I, you know, what do I know? I, I, I definitely see where um, recasting the role could work just as well. I, I, it'll be very interesting. The one thing I will say about recasting is I'm if they do recast and they've been able to keep that recasting quiet, or if we don't hear anything by the time shooting starts happening, that will lead me to believe that they aren't recasting it because it's just so hard to keep that kind of casting news under wraps. It yeah. kept Baby Yoda under wraps. That's true. True. But yeah, it is hard That's to keep true. anything under wraps anymore, especially when everyone goes around with, you know, global communication devices, with <laughs> video and yeah. audio capability. Like it's pretty hard. Um, but with that though, I, I feel like, I feel like there's too many problems with uh, just having someone else be Black Panther. Because for one, I feel like it does no justice to the character of T'Challa to just wh where'd he go? You got to explain yeah, where he went. Yeah. You, you know, they're going to like kill him off and just have someone else do it. It doesn't make any sense. And then like, you have to do it all off screen. Cause if they said they're not going to be digitally recreating Chadwick Boseman, it kind of rules out recasting. Cause you'd have to have some sort of mantle being passed down at some point for some reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so just yeah. having a new actor playing T'Challa, there's, you don't have to integrate anything into the story. To, to go around it. It's just, yeah. you know, John David Washington's your Black Panther. There you go. Like, it's, he's T'Challa now. Like, that's it. You know, that kind of thing. Just throwing that casting off the top of my head. I'm predicting it. <laughs> I'm predicting it. That's what I think is going to happen, which I'd be, I'd be on board with. That sounds cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would, I would, based off a of tenant, man, I would, I would get behind that. That would be, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I think that'd be, I think, not that I'd rather it be Chavik Bozeman, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, but because I do agree, he, he really was like the embodiment of that role. And to, I know to a lot of people that's going to forever be like their Black Panther. And I think everybody uh, involved in Black Panther would say the exact same thing. But uh, I don't want to say unfortunately, but like 
the, the show has to go on like in some way they already had all this stuff in development like so it's like no surprise that like they're obviously having these talks and have to do it and everything despite how difficult it is i mean it well, all makes I, sense but yeah and, and the other thing i mean the other thing i think a lot of people regardless of how this ends up and regardless of what decision marvel makes it's not it's not just as simple as um not not that i'm saying you were saying this but it's not just as simple as the show must go on i think i think if you talk to anybody everything that i read and everything that i saw about chadwick boseman and, and everything that he said he understood the the importance of the character he understood the importance of black panther and i think you know that's I, why i, I think important yeah yeah right. i don't i don't know i don't know obviously i don't know chadwick and i you know it's it's it might be presumptuous and and conceited of me to think this but i think if there was anybody that would want the character in the story to go on because of how important it was it would have been chadwick i think i think yeah. there will be people that will be upset no matter which direction to go and, and there will be people upset that they continue it because you know he's not around to do it but i think if he were here, I, I, the impression that I've gotten from everything I've seen from him would be that he would want it to go on, that he he understands why it's important and, and he would want that to happen too. So that's exactly that's why I think that they would go with the recasting round, because like just yeah. with that, I think T'Challa is that is a part of the importance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like in, in a lot of ways, like, like, yeah, if. if I don't know. I don't think it's as simple as like someone else just puts it on and now they're them. Because another thing too with like uh, with like Letitia Wright's character, like even though there's precedence in the comics for it, uh, it because like she, she was Black Panther and, and uh, one of the runs or whatever. Um, like the way they set it up in the movie, like anybody can challenge like for the mantle, but like in order to become the the king or the the leader of Wakanda and be uh, take on the mantle black panther you have to win in that combat you have to win that fight and like i don't see considering like it, for instance if they were to redo if like if, if uh mbaku almost beat chadwick yeah I'm pretty sure mbaku is gonna beat shuri <laughs> well <laughs> i think I, I think mean? i think the i i think the one thing that the movie did the first movie did though was it did show that the mantle becomes available every so often for a challenge to be made, mm -hmm. but it does pass down or through family and legacy. Cause when Chadwick's father passed away, the mantle passed to him right away. It wasn't, he didn't have the trial. So it, they could work around the story in that manner if they, True. if they wanted to pass it to her. Right. I, just, I feel like her character, as far as that goes, works so well as her character. Oh, you know, sure. and they set her up in such a way to where she's just like, I mean, they said that she's already like confirmed that she's the smartest person in the Marvel universe, and like yep. that character is, uh, I don't know, it's just like works so well in that lab. You know, what I mean, when she's when yeah. she's in there, she's doing her science stuff, like the way the actress that Letitia Wright plays it and everything. Like that's where I want to see her do. Like I just want to sure. see her pop off and be witty and like you know, show up Bruce Banner and like Tony Stark, even though I mean RIP Tony Stark, but like show them up in the lab being, you know, what however old she is in the, the show, you know, or in the movie rather. Like I like her character there. Yeah. But I don't know. I find this interesting and obviously we're gonna figure find out soon enough. Um it's obviously a difficult situation for everybody to be in. So 
but I'm looking forward to seeing what they uh, what they decide to end up doing, and I'm sure I don't know. I'm sure they'll make the right choice. They, they, they know what yeah. they're doing. So, question is, guys, what do you think about this? Are you excited that uh, there is like confirmation that the Black Panther franchise is continuing forward? And what do you think they're gonna do with the character of T'Challa, uh, given uh, Chadwick Boseman's passing and everything? Do you think they are gonna uh, pass the mantle on to just a new character, or, or do you think that uh, they're just gonna come in and have uh, someone else step into the role and carry on that mantle? Um, Per se in the in the role of T'Challa himself. So let us know down in the comment section below. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So you have made it to the final topic of today's show, which is going to be our review, our spoiler review. We're going to be discussing spoilers of uh, Mandalorian season uh, two, episode four. Um, it was directed by Carl Weathers. It's a fun fact. So that's uh, that was cool to see. And uh, overall. Um, before we get into it, I'm just going to give like quick overall thoughts on it. Just as a, I, I know it's going to be brief. Just going to say I like the episode. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, do you guys? Uh, what, what were your overall? Just you know, did you like it? Dislike it? What stood out to you? And then we can start getting into some more of the, the meaty stuff here. What did you guys think? I thought uh wasn't as good as the last episode, but I mean, I like every episode, so that's not saying much. Um, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I. I definitely felt that it kept up some of the momentum that we got from the first episode. I felt the first two episodes of the season were very um, kind of, for lack of a better way to put it, filler episodes. They were great episodes. They were fun episodes, and and I enjoyed them. But but in terms of the overall story, they were very much filler episodes. And I feel like we've really gotten into the to some of more of the meaty parts of the story with these last two, and uh, th this one just continued the momentum that was started or built in the last one. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. I like the, so there, there are a couple things that stood out to me uh, just to get into, I definitely, the, the biggest thing that I liked about it more than anything is like, just like you said that it's continuing on the main plot. Right. I really like the overall, like, you know, that overarching story that they have going on, like pretty much, you know, where, where season one ended, I definitely wanted to see like that stuff picked up. That's that's what I found to be like you know, probably the most compelling of it all. And I understand, like I said, even on the last week's show, that like the point of the show is like you know Mando's journey this week, like Mando's you know side quest of the week. You know that's pretty much the extent of the show. Like he goes, he he gets information at the end of the episode that leads him on to the next adventure, and he's got to do something to get the the rest of the information to move on, you know, it's just, that's just kind of what happens. That's, that's the formula, right? I get that, but I like the fact, I like the story. So I want yeah. to see the story continue. I want to see that, that main, the meaty part. I'm into that. And I think, uh, there's two things that stood out to me more than anything. One, this guy here with a t-shirt, the yeah. t-shirt guy, <laughs> he stood out. Very, very clever. Yeah so, the, yeah, so the internet like kind of blew up over this stuff, and I thought it was kind of funny. I didn't notice it my first watch through, but granted, I watch these like first thing in the morning on like the like on on Friday morning, you know. Yeah. So I don't. I actually don't watch it. Like I don't stay up to watch it. Uh, so I'm always maybe I'm not on my A game, and I'm like I got stuff going on on my other screen, so I'm just kind of sitting here like you know whatever. And then a lot of times I go back and watch it a second time later on in the night. That's what uh, I do. Yeah, depending on how much I liked it or when I wanted to see more or if something comes up to where oh there's a guy in a t-shirt that was on frame like I'll go back and watch it and see you know what I mean I wouldn't have caught that even probably the second time I watched it no that's not I'll, sometimes I can pick up on that kind of stuff but there's a lot of times where like I'm just it's not what I'm looking for 
like so i give kudos to anybody who like actually like tries to seek these things out because i don't have the attention span sometimes as with all star wars stuff he'll probably end up getting his own wikipedia page and whole backstory and stuff <laughs> yeah right and, uh so i mean probably not no i wouldn't be surprised though if they just have ilm go in and like pull because you wouldn't even have to go in and digitally remove them like on this frame all you have to do because this is just a quick frame this is all you got to do is like there you go yeah right that's it he's gone now like you don't need carl weathers is like you don't need the whole thing there to get what's going on there you go that one frame just remove it it's fixed you know so i could totally see him doing that at some point but at the same time i don't know it's almost kind of funny that it's there right but anyway what i thought was uh there were some kind of revelations though in this in this uh episode i will say though and um one being we we, we kind of know we have a better idea of what uh they they wanted the child for right what they wanted baby yoda for they explained that a lot better and even them now even lucasfilm now they they, they still they refuse to say the word midichlorian <laughs> like they, right. they, they refer to uh you know the m count so um which like i don't know i thought that was that was the first thing i noticed was like huh you guys won't even fucking say it now yeah, <laughs> right but it's uh i can understand why they have it in there because uh Kind of even if you look back on the prequels, it is an easy, kind of albeit kind of lazy, but plot device to just kind of have, you know, just the, the midichlorian count, right? Yeah. Like I said, it's an easy, an easy, albeit lazy plot device you can have, but it does fit with this. So we, obviously we have some, uh, some indication on what they were trying to do with that. But what I found was most most interesting with it, because um, obviously I guess everyone kind of assumed that that's what they were they were doing with with Baby Yoda, right? I mean, they assumed yeah. they were trying to do something with his DNA, right? He's, yeah. But I mean, we got uh, these Bacta tanks in here, right? That is and uh, this this sets everything up like timeline wise to where the Empire would be in the Snoke clone time frame. Yeah, you know, get preparing it. Yeah, yeah. getting it. So, and what I found was interesting with this though was that that would mean Palpatine has been recovered at this point. Like cuz like Snoke him or Palpatine himself said that he was Snoke in the last Skywalker, right? Like he was behind Snoke. Yeah. So you can't have Palpatine you can't have Snoke without Palpatine. So if this is to be Snoke clones that's interesting. Like, well, yeah, that and it would make sense that they're around. trying to use his blood to create a powerful, you know, right. being with a high M count. Exactly, the M counts. Dude. You gotta get the M counts. What I just <laughs> thought was stupid, though, like with uh, with a lot of things, really, with the, the, the show, but or not the show, with the movie. That, uh, did you freeze, John? I think I John. Oh, wow. Oh, you're just lagging. I saw you blink a little bit. It was a slow blink. Yeah, we'll see. If it was... <laughs> we'll, we'll see if you unfreeze here in a minute. If not, I'll, re I'll re we'll recall. You're right in. down there, John. Um, but uh, I, this is just more of a gripe with uh, the whole Rise of Skywalker thing or anything, because it's just downright confusing to some degree, because they had in, in Rise of Skywalker with Palpatine, like he was all withered and stuck right and he couldn't really move or anything doing his thing but then 
he absorbs the force dyad, which they don't explain in the movie. Like, if you want to know anything about what the force dyad really is or anything, you have to read third, you know, not third party, but outside sources, novels, whatever. So he absorbs the force dyad, and all of a sudden he can walk and do his thing, and he's perfectly fine. But, like, the way energy transfer works, like, in practical senses is, like, why did he need the force dyad? Like, for, like uh, we definitely lost John. Hold on. Here, put it on us. Let me, re- John, can you hear us right now? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear yeah. you. It's just your, uh, your cam went out. Um, do you want to, you want to rejoin the call? Sure. Okay. Hold on more. (laughs) If you were a part of our last stream, then you'll know we are no strangers to technical. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Let me recall John in here. Um, but anyway, with the, the with the way energy transfer works, so just to keep this thing going, um, like he, you would theoretically think that he could just absorb the force power or energy from anything and, and help become whole again, right? Yeah. Like I, I feel like it was Which, really so- like stupid, and it doesn't it didn't make any sense on a like a Star Wars level for them to like introduce this force dyad thing because. That's that's more mysticism than it is like science fiction and the way like Star Wars works. Because like there is like the Force and everything in Star Wars is sci-fi fantasy, right? It's sci-fi fantasy. Like there's fantasy elements, but it's primarily a science fiction thing, right? And so in a lot of ways, and like for them to have this introduce this Force dyad thing and really not explain it in any way, it just didn't make any sense to me. And like I said, with just how basic energy transfer works, like. If if they're making these Snoke clones with uh that are these force sensitive beings in Snoke, right? If they're just able to create them, um, for one, where is this genetic material coming from for them to create these Snoke beings? Because True. they were already saying that like even this dude with the baby Yoda thing, they were referencing the uh the genetic material of him and like how there wasn't a, a, enough or a lot of it and blah blah blah. And it's like if you take you know Whatever. So it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense of how they're just able to keep making these Snokes all the way, like as much yeah. as they did, you know? And then at the same time, if they were able to make Snoke this Force-sensitive being, why couldn't Palpatine just absorb his life essence? You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Maybe you can't absorb it unless it's like a diet. I, but diet. that doesn't make any sense. It, that's more mysticism and magic. Like that's <laughs> more like a Harry Potter thing where <laughs> in Harry Potter you have to say the spell in a precise manner or it's not going to turn out right. Remember like the fusion dance? Yeah. If they got their fingers wrong or their power levels weren't right, they turned into like the fat fusion one. It wasn't a perfect fusion. Yeah. That's the kind of thing. Like that's not how Star Wars works. And that's not how energy transfer works. Albeit, this is like force energy absorption. So it's like already a fake thing. But at the same time, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like if no. they could just keep making these Snoke things and like no one explains where all this genetic material, the Snoke creature came from to begin with, but just, but there's a bunch of them and they just keep making them. Right. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. And it's like, if, if, if I have a car battery, it's bigger and more powerful than a triple a battery, but I could pair enough triple a batteries to make them just as powerful as the car battery. Yeah. 
the same would apply for Palpatine making these Snoke clones. Why not just absorb a bunch of them and become whole again? It's just stupid. I don't know. That's just what I thought of when I, like, I don't know why, but this put it in more context for me of just like how stupid Rise of Skywalker was. Oh, God. I, actually, <laughs> I don't know why. Like a week made, or two ago. I was, was just like, just, God. Yeah. I've still only watched it the one time. And that's like, it doesn't get better the second time, I'll tell you. That's why I haven't gone back and watched it. I don't know. But anyway, at least as far as like, I, I, so that's, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's interesting, I guess I would say, that they're including the, this because i mean i have no other ideas of what this would actually be right this has to be snoke trials right like what else i mean yeah you know, i mean yeah. that's what it looks like i mean it's what it looks like in the timeline fits and what else would it be like so i don't know it's it's cool that they're doing it i guess but also right skywalker is my least favorite star wars anything so it's also like eh. even worse than the last jedi eh. Yeah, it's way worse than The Last Jedi. It is triumphantly worse than The Last Jedi. There's nothing good about Rise of Skywalker at all. Force Awakens like, was, was it's decent. It's not good. But, yeah. Last Jedi was fine. It was wasn't good. Maneuver, maneuver. You cut out the whole Canto bite stuff. That was stupid. It's fine. Like, it's, I didn't like it, but like Rise of Skywalker... I never walked out of a movie just being like... That's so, how Last Jedi was for me. Uh, like, so, like, oh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi did not have the same effect on me, right? When I walked out of Last like, Jedi, I was literally like, do I like Star Wars anymore? Like, yeah. I was I'm questioning right with, everything. I'm right there with you. No, I was like, what? Yeah, I, think I, I think we're in the wrong movie. That 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 wasn't Luke Skywalker. We're Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Right, here's the thing. With Last Jedi, I didn't like it. But it's nowhere near as disappointing and stupid as Rise of Skywalker was. Rise of Skywalker, I thought, was like them trying to grasp at so many straws and throw so much BS on the screen that makes no coherent sense. Just throwing shit in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I, just to story, try to make people I, happy. I will, I will grant you that the, the structure and plot wise, Rise of Skywalker is just, it's not shit well show. done. Be, but but I also feel like I think I give Rise of Skywalker somewhat of a pass. I don't give it a complete pass. I don't think it's a great Star Wars movie or even a really good one. I think it's an okay Star Wars movie. But I give it sort of a pass because I feel like they had so much course correcting to do from where The Last Jedi left off. I mean, they had to try and find a way to redeem the idea of Luke Skywalker in some fashion rather than leave him as this grumpy old hermit that for some reason attacked one of his students, you know, and, 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 and I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but since we're, since we're talking about it, I, I read, they, they released a prequel comic called the, the rise of Kylo Ren. I saw that. Um, that was supposed to, that was supposed to take place or give, give the backstory on Kylo Ren. And that the, the Knights of Ren were one of the concepts from the force awakens. I thought was pretty cool. I was like, Oh wow! Here we go. Here's Kylo has these followers who he's you know kind of corrupted to the dark side to follow him. I thought this is this is a cool idea. This is this idea that you know he he left Luke Skywalker's school. He decimated the Skywalker school and kind of started his own dark side version of it. Um, but then I went and read this comic that supposedly is the in canon story of it, 
And that's not what happened at all. This guy, Kylo Ren found these guys who were already the Knights of Ren following a guy named Ren and Kylo yeah. killed the guy and basically took his identity. And it wasn't at all what I thought, what the, the impression that I got from the movies. And so just completely disappointing. I, 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 everything about Star Wars beyond that has to do with the, the sequel trilogy, the, the last, the final three just continually disappoints me. And, and oh, I agree. Anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah. I, anyway, Those three I just, movies are the most un Star Wars, Star Wars things. They really that are. Exist. That's the best way to put it. Like in, in every capacity, Force Awakens I would <laughs> say, is a good movie, like as it is, but the prequels are by a mile more enjoyable to me. And, and like now, in all honesty, and that's some, not being retrospective. I always like the prequels a little bit. Is this a Mandalorian discussion or? I was going <laughs> to segue into it and be like, you know, I know there's supposed to be some Mandalorian talk, but it's all relevant. It's, I blame Lucasfilm for involving this back to tank, presumably Snoke shit in the Mandalorian because it's they're going to smear and tarnish the Mandalorian now. But because they got to include but, this shit. But, but do we are, are we sure that that's where they're going? Yes, the timeline no. fits, and yes, it no, could be not. the fact no. that they're. But I think it's also very possible. There's that shot at the end of the episode where he's standing around all those suits of armor, or that, possible uh, troopers. And I don't know if those back to tanks were his attempt to give force powers to his troops, or even himself in, in a manner. So you know, I. I don't know if he, there, he's just experimenting with a way to increase the force sensitivity of people by using either volunteers or clones in back to tanks. And it, it just happens that because of the story that was told, we, we automatically jump to is this a Snoke connection? I mean, it's very possible that like their, their end goal is just to see. Here's, here's the thing. Timeline-wise, it, it just fits, and we know that Snoke yeah. was a clone, a Force-sensitive clone. So at this point in time, based on the information that we have in Star Wars lore and canon right now, is that, at least as far as I'm aware, Snoke was the first successful Force-sensitive clone. Then why did they Do you keep know of any other ones? on him in Rise of Skywalker? Like, why didn't they just, like, shut that operation down? I don't know. Another story, but... I don't know. I don't know why they did a lot of things with those movies. But knowing that Snoke is the only... Force sensitive clone that we know of. I I don't know what else we're supposed to believe. Like so, I mean that, that's why the connection is being made. So like yeah, obviously sure. it could be them just trying to. I don't know. They're using the clone technology in order to safely see how they could fuse, like an M count DNA with it. Like maybe you know, mm -hmm. but at the same time. You'd think they would just... It's the Empire. Why wouldn't they just shoot that shit into, like, some low-level stormtrooper they don't care about, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I guess my 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 hope is that... And I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt until until they tell me it, it is Snoke. I guess I'm going to choose to believe it's not. And, and here's why. Um, what's the point? It looks like point? Snoke. The, it does. There's... Yeah, you're right. I mean, but, but yeah, it, 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 not. it looks like a deformed, naked, bald, which thing. is exactly what Snoke looked. Like. He even has the dent on his fucking head. He does have the dent on the head. Like, what are the odds? Why like, couldn't they, like, if they're doing right. something, why do they make it so fucking ugly? Well, they could too. You know what I mean? Just like they just, as far as Mandalorian goes, is uh, as far as budgetary purposes, is like they have all these Snoke 
deformities laying around Skywalker Ranch. So if they those could, were CGI. Huh? Those were CGI. I don't think they have like physical. Ones. They had to have had practical. They always make practical stuff for Star Wars, though. Yeah. They had to have had one practical deformed back to Tank Snoke. They had to. But it's also such a either big production. Yeah. You know what? Either way. They had the, if it's CGI, they already had the character designs, the model designs for it. So they just, maybe it's just reused textures is what I'm getting at. I'm it's trying to save this, Rick. I'm trying to save it and say it's not Snow, but they're just <laughs> using the same character uh, renderings and everything, or the same, you know, deformed body part thing. I don't know. Problem is, it looks like Snoke. So everyone's going to obviously assume that's Snoke. And especially, like I said, there's no other force sensitive clones that we know of. And they didn't they downright say that it just re rejected the like the DNA they were using. The fact that it's in a back it worked for a fortnight is what he said. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, I, like, obviously, like, we don't know yet, but I don't know what else to believe. So, I don't know what to believe. Yeah. I want to believe in general, but <laughs> yeah. I don't believe in that. That's what I don't know. I like one, I like it like. Part of me likes having like connective tissue like this in a lot of things, you know, but at the same time, I just disliked the sequel trilogy so much that in the back, like, I really don't want them to have to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I'm at with it. Otherwise, though, I did. I mean, obviously, I liked the episode, so I mean, I'm not going to. And I did in my first initial uh, like mindset when this occurred on screen and everything was like, that's kind of cool. And then yeah. it's just like as I like I was kept like, thinking Snoke. about it. Yeah, and it's just that's what kind of happens. Like as I kept thinking about it though, I just remembered like is it cool though? Because I really <laughs> hated all that stuff. So I mean hate's a strong word. We'll say I didn't I didn't really didn't like it. It's just so it's so un Star Wars and Mandalorian like is so much more like Star Wars, like in, in the, the overall feel of everything. Well, like Mandalorian's know. kind of like a what we get, hopefully, to get people back into the Star Wars universe after the yeah the last three movies. Yeah. Well, so why would you bring this into it? That's, <laughs> that's kind of, well, that's kind of what I was getting at. Is you know the sequel trilogy is done and over with it for for good or bad. You know, it's I understand. Last year they had Baby Yoda heal uh, Carl Weathers' character to to set the precedent for what was going to happen in the Rise of Skywalker with. Mm -hmm. uh, Ray. Ray healing Kylo, but but that that was specifically done because they knew what was coming up in the movies and they were setting that precedent. Now it's done with. Those are over with. And clearly people have an affinity for the Mandalorian and there's some division when it comes to the sequel trilogy. So why would you try why would you as as a from a creative decision, why would you work to tie yourself back to that device uh, divisive narrative that you establish with the movies and, and instead of just letting it stand on its own and so that's that's what gives me hope that maybe it's not snook although all the evidence is pointing to the contrary we may never see that again though you know like... true yeah I, I i don't know i i that's i hope it's not and i hope they go their own like kind of their own way with it again even if it is no matter how much we don't like those movies, they are there and they are canon. So, I mean, unfortunately, we just kind of have to just move on with it and just, like, accept that it's there. So, I guess having, like, little tie-ins like this makes it kind of cool-ish, I guess. I don't know. Because I'll say, at, at the very least, the idea of the Snoke character, I did not fully dislike. 
by any means. Like, it was fine. They just didn't flush him out or anything. They gave him, like, no purpose, and they just had Kylo just cut him in half for, yeah. like, for no reason, really. Like, just for to make Kylo be the supreme leader and then not flush that out at all either. <laughs> like, yes. So, I don't know. Like, Snoke's fine and all that stuff. He was actually... I liked him more before you find out it's just palpatine clone thing science project that's that's what kind of ruined it but like i don't know if they would have could have flushed the stuff out better maybe maybe it would have been better i don't know but i hope they just move on and do something like more interesting because like i said before like i would much rather see the adventures of like bo katan trying to retake mandalore and the dark saber like i was perfectly fine with like that direction like yeah. and like mando goes and helps still go that direction Sure. Yeah, but now they're involving like the Empire doing like this stuff and like I don't know. They could have came up with a million other reasons for them to want baby Yoda. You know what I mean? They could have had it to where now they just wanted, wanted to, to harness his DNA and <laughs> do something. But like if we find out that they were trying to like use his DNA just to make Snoke. I feel like it kind of weakens everything in my just just to me because of how disappointed I was in the sequel trilogy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. connecting it to the sequel trilogy hurts the show more than helps the show in this situation. I hope as the seasons go on, it's not like Game of Thrones where it gets like worse and worse. I don't think it will be, but I like Game of Thrones too. I know, but like it started off really strongly and by like they just like rushed season eight so much and like I just hope they don't end up doing that with the Mandalorian. Yeah, I hope they stick the landing. But I, 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 I you know I don't so, have hope in them sticking landings after Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> um well my favorite part of the entire episode though was was the Razor Crest scene at the very end. Not only was it a, a really Popping cool off. chip battle, but uh, come on, baby Yo with his hands up going, Ooh. yeah, right, yeah, like, like he's right over. So funny. good, so good. awesome, yeah. He's a good pilot, and they and then of course he throws up at the end, which is a nice one. <laughs> well, then Rick, Rick made a good point too. Is like the Carl Weathers is repair man, dude. That, like that one guy right? is the guy. Yeah, like that's that's where you go. Like you go to the outer rim sure. apparently for that mechanic. Well, no, that's they said that they had an informant, and then right when they drop the ship off, this guy sees Mando with the child. They zoom in on that one dude's face with like some looming music playing in yeah, the background for I, a split second. I didn't like that they did that. Like, well, that's because he's the informant. I, I, know. I would imagine. No, they proved it was the informant at the end. They showed, oh, like yeah. the alien dude. That yeah, she like she called the imperial officer. Then the imperial officer went in and started talking to the the dude Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. yeah. So like that. That's why I didn't like them doing. I didn't need that obvious of a goddamn tell. Like like he could have just had just had the next scene or that scene at the end just of that thing calling. The, the Imperial officer without zooming in because I knew immediately after that, I was like, well, they're just going to tell the imp empire that he's there. Like, it's why are we doing this? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not they, an they idiot. Like, you don't need to hold <laughs> the hand of the audience like that. Like, it's kind of annoying. I, I think, I think they were worried that if they didn't, if they didn't highlight that character somehow, that you get to the end of the, end of the show and you would go, 
well, who's this character? Why is this guy? Because I otherwise know. he just kind of, so he, they yeah. should have just, they should have done it differently. You're right. They over, it was like they were trying to foreshadow it and it just ended up beating you over the head with it. It yeah. would have been much more subtle had that character like come up and been told by Carl Weathers character. Okay. We're going to need you to do a rush job on this and try and we need to get our friend here back on you yeah. know, as quick and Something. then have him give some sort of response just so that there's some connection with the character other than an, an ominous, you know, zoom yeah. in shot on him. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was just a little like, it was a little hand holdy for me. Like, I sure. didn't need it. It was a big tell. I didn't really need it. But sure. otherwise, though, I, it sounds like I'm shitting on this episode. So I just want to reiterate <laughs> to everybody I did like it. I'm just very, very weary of them just. I want it to be its own thing. I don't want it to have to connect. I mean, even though like there's there's positives and negatives about it connecting, and it's obviously my own bias of it potentially connecting to the sequel trilogy as being more of a detractor because I did not like the sequel trilogy yeah. as a whole. So you didn't? Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But it's I don't know. It's Mando is still good. I like show. I want to see where it's going. So um, I'm along for the ride. Yeah, it's a 50-50 thing for me with the the potential connection to the sequel trilogy. I could definitely take it or leave it, but I like it. I still like it overall. I think it's still good. So, I think the action scenes are just extremely well done. They 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 were a lot of fun. The the whole uh ship thing that they end up the troop transport that they end up having the the race the escape with and then the tie fighters coming after him speeder just, bikes just, and yeah yeah the car weathers dude he did a great so job good. car weathers is yeah i was a very surprised because i i don't know if it was the first thing he's ever directed like i don't know of any other projects he's directed but i mean he's not carl weathers isn't known for his directing let's just put it that sure. way so like for for me to see that because that's one of the things i love about this show having like these big names typically like different directors come in and do every episode, but they're like, mm -hmm. since it's Star Wars, it's like these big name directors that come in, like, you know, Taika Waititi and, um, what's his name? Uh, what's his name still has an episode. Uh, he did like the Grindhouse movie. Robert Rodriguez still, yeah. we haven't seen his oh. episode yet. You know what I mean? Like Bryce like, House Howard's done. Yeah. Like Bryce House Howard. Yeah. Well, she made her debut on the first season. That's what I'm saying. Like, but you have these other actors or these other directors come in who like are these big, it's Star Wars. So everybody wants yeah. to come in and do it. Everybody wants so, a slice yeah. of the pie. Yeah. I like waiting until the end and just seeing like, okay, who directed this one? Like, you know what I mean? Like mm. who did that? And like, um, I don't know. I find that to be like, this always an exciting thing. I don't know why it's stupid, but I appreciate it. And when I saw Carl Weathers' name pop up as a director, I was like, well, goddamn, Carl, you did a great job. This was like good. <laughs> like, the action was good. Like everything was good. The only thing I thought was kind of stupid as far as the, the direction kind of went is when they dropped Baby Yoda off of the class, they don't even explain anything. Yeah. Like they, he just walks in. Puts the kid in the chair this and walks in. set that's like so yeah, that's it. Rare and valuable. He's just like, no, you just you stay here. Yeah. Doesn't like whisper anything to the, the protocol droid. Doesn't tell anybody to like watch him. Like just he'll be fine here. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's it. Like it's like Marshall okay. Caradoon. Caradoon. I said Carol Dune. Marshall Caradoon said it's cool, so let's yeah, be cool. Whatever. No, you guys got any closing thoughts on it though? 
Oh, you know, remember I made the one good point about, about those cookies. I told Rick, do you think those cookies were like blue milk cookies? Oh, yeah. Because they're blue cookies, you know? Oh, and yeah. I was, I was like, those had to be like blue milk, right? Like, like yeah, in some way, like a blue milk cookie. Well, blue milk is from Bantha as well. But they, are there Banthas on that planet, Navarro? There's got to be. There's Tuscan Raiders. They, Im- they import it. They import it if it's not. Yeah. Oh, like I said, what I look for. The biggest thing we learned from that episode is like the outer rim has the best mechanics. Oh yeah, like I mean, hundred percent. So you got to go a long ways to get to them, but once you're there, they'll much better than the Mon Calamari. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I'm honestly getting annoyed too about the one thing they keep making people say, like, was it Dank Ferric or something? Which is just like the goddamn it like phrase for Dank Ferric. Every time it happens, like, feel like it's really on the nose. And like, like, and it's just like, just I don't know, I don't know why it keeps bothering me. Because they just keep having. I feel like in every episode they keep having like somebody say it, and I'm just like, it's kind of like, what Gretchen I, stopped trying to make fetch a thing, like quit trying I, to make yeah. it a fucking thing. Like, it's I, I thought we, I thought maybe we might get a comment from you this week about the, uh, what was it, the walrus guys, the, 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 the fight that they had where, yeah. They were they when Cara Dune comes in at the beginning and takes oh, out yeah, yeah. the the guys who have been stealing all the stuff. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys who weren't speaking the they weren't speaking the general dialect. They all had their own. They had their it's own. True. And and they were you subtitles. Know, which you want to know why? I thought because I thought you would say yeah. It didn't that, pull that was, me out. So it just, yeah, exactly. It was no, I thought, load. That's I thought why you, I didn't I thought, say anything. I, I thought you'd be happy about that. I, I am happy about it. Now you bring well, it up. How well they had done? Like yeah. they must be watching and listening to you. No, 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 yeah, no, species. that proves that was... my point. Like what you just said, because I didn't even think about yeah. it because yep. that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> like, that's it. It didn't yeah. pull me out. I didn't have something to complain about because it all made sense. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's a, a huge positive because I can yeah. guarantee you if they would have been talking like this, I'd, I'd have brought it up already. <laughs> I'd have been like, again, opening shot, these alien things just sound like Jerry from Starbucks or whatever. Like, Funny if the Tuscan Raiders are just like, hey, what's going on? That's, you know? yeah. It's just stupid for them to do that. So yeah, those that that's great that they did. No, I was, I was happy to see that. But And then, uh, so what about, what do you think's going on with the Cara Dune character? Are they, are they trying to set up a way for her to be more involved in the show? Um, because because there was that whole segment at the end that seemed they spent more time than I would have expected on with with the rebel or the uh, I guess it's not the new republic mm-hmm. officer there investigating the the destroyed imperial base and and he ends up having a, quite a lengthy conversation. We even get we even get a little bit of a backstory that she's from Alderaan originally, which yeah. and is, he leaves uh, the badge. Though. Very interesting. He leaves the badge for her, yeah. So. Do you think we're we're setting up uh, something else for her? I think that could go really one of two ways. One, it's something that could be set up for her to continue on like her own like thing, or a very easy way to write her out. She goes mm-hmm. on to be you know a new Republic officer, and we never see her again. Hopefully, like and like or if they want to go and make like a spin-off series like we like the rumored like Boba Fett spin-off series and whatever if they want to make a, another series that focuses more on the new republic then we have a a connective thread with if she were to actually go and be with them maybe not make okay. it like her show i don't think she's a good enough actress no offense to her to like carry her own show um and not that really compelling of a character but she's a great 
for what she does in this show, like being a little side yeah. character or whatever. She has a nice little backstory. You have her as like, a, you know, a nice side character in an ensemble cast of a, a show that focuses more on the New Republic. Because it's kind of cool, like you said, with that guy. It's the same X-Wing pilot that was in the... Episode this, 2. Yeah, episode 2. He was there again investigating this. And like the outer... This dude gets around because now yeah. all of a sudden he's in the outer rim with, you know, this place on Navarro. And... uh so, I mean, I, I could see him doing something like that because it was like a show about the New Republic and kind of them trying to, like, bring order back to the galaxy after the fall of the Empire, like, set during the same time period and everything would be kind of cool. Like, I, I yeah. you could have a lot to do with that because it would be a very nice juxtaposition to the Rebel show we're getting with Cassie and Andor because we'll have that show fleshing out more of the the rebels and like what the, the kind of down and dirty stuff they have to do. And then if you have this other show with like a new Republic thing, it's just like, it's like a, a yin and yang. You get to see what they're like post empire. And then what they're like pre empire. And it'd be, I don't know, it'd be a nice juxtaposition. So I don't know. To answer your question. I don't know, but there's, those are the two ways I could see them going with it. I don't know. I don't uh, really know if anything else to go with it. It definitely felt like they were saying more for or something with her character because they yeah. spent, more screen time on that than I would have expected. I, I mm -hmm. could have seen I could have seen a quick conversation with them just to give her some depth and backstory where he comments about Alderaan, but the whole trying to convince her and then leaving that badge felt like there was more of that scene than than just a simple character uh, development, right? Mm -hmm. Or back, back character backstory, I guess. Moment. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see which which way they go with it. Yeah, I don't know. obviously, like you said, like it's. Uh... They lingered on it like they lingered on the the tell, like the the, yeah. the informant, pretty yep. pretty long time. It's like they're trying to be a little on the nose with something with it. So, but I feel like it was coy enough to where I mean, they could just there's so many different ways they could go with it. I don't know. Yeah. True. True. You got anything else, Rick? No, I think we covered it. We're halfway through, so maybe uh, I'm hoping it's we gone get some, quick. Yeah, yes. get some dark saber stuff soon. That's really just I'm still looking forward to that. I want to see some more. Uh, some Ahsoka. Ahsoka should be coming. That's right. Because yeah, they kind of set everything up now because the tracker's on a ship. So, I mean, they could go. Uh, like, they could always have something set up, though, too. They, they, they tracked his ship. Now he can go see Ahsoka. So, Ahsoka might be in the next episode. They, the Imperials are tracking him now. Maybe this puts Ahsoka in a situation where she gets captured and they can take her for her M count. Or something. Maybe she sacrifices herself for Baby Yo at this point, and then yeah, they're able to use her DNA for the M count stuff. And maybe they just forget about Baby Yo, and then Mando and can go be daddy with the yeah. little dude. You know, just leave. <laughs> Raising Mandalorian Yoda. Maybe, uh, maybe do something like that. Who knows? I don't know. That's all I got, though. Yep. You got anything else? All right. <laughs> We've covered it everything. All right. Well. Questions, guys. What did you think uh, about the uh, Mandalorian? Are you too? Are you are you pessimistic like me in the sense that you you're not? Uh, uh, it's like a fifty fifty thing because like at one point, my initial thoughts that I thought it was cool that they were connecting it to the the movies and the sequel trilogy and stuff, but then on the other hand, I was like, well, I didn't really like the sequel trilogy, so this is not really the greatest news in the world. But at the same time, I guess it's a nice little touch. It, it gives them some more stuff they could flush out with the sequel trilogy stuff, so I mean, maybe it could make everything look a little bit better in retrospective. I don't know. But 
that that'll do it. Like, will you let us know what you guys think about uh, the the Mando season two episode four down in the comment section below? With that, guys, we are out for today. Uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that sorts of fun stuff. Do all that. And uh, Rick, uh, actually, first, don't forget you can submit topics and questions to the show by emailing us at honestanduneducated@gmail.com. That's honestanduneducated@gmail.com. Stay tuned for more. Live streams on the weekends, you know, I finally you know, I got the PS5 working, like I said, on the top of the show. I got the stream thing working, so I'm going to be playing some Demon Souls and some probably some Spider-Man at some point. World of Warcraft Shadowlands comes out on Monday. We're going to have a lot of stuff popping off. So, aside from that, though, as we exit out here, Rick, where can everybody find you online? It's going to be uh, Sir Rick Metz, and that's R-I-K-M-E-T-Z. You can follow me on Instagram. All right, John, how about you, good sir? Uh, over at Twitter, I'm Nightwing underscore J. All right. And you can follow me simply at Sir Rob Bifo. You can follow me right here on this very YouTube channel by liking and subscribing. So you can do that. Um, otherwise, though, that'll do it. That'll do it for this day. So, uh, stay tuned for, like I said, more live streams, more stuff coming out. So that's it, guys. Appreciate you watching. Take care. <laughs>